Uh, Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is uh, Friday, April the 28th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name's Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. And we're in the same room, Charlie. Same room. I'm looking at you. This is the first one of the entire season. (laughs) This feels like uh, when they get leading teams in. Yeah. And we have to do do some face-to-face feedback. Yeah. I've got to tell you two things I think you're doing well, (laughs) and one thing that I think perhaps you could improve. Okay. Uh, Okay. The two things I think you're doing well is, uh, firstly, um, you're always entertaining on the podcast. I think you always bring your A game, regardless of the fact that you're overseas and you have to like, you know, look up the results sometimes, you know, I, I feel like you're bringing a great deal of professionalism to the podcast. Thank you. Um, look, I, I think you're a real team player as well. You know, you always, uh, you know, are willing to sacrifice yourself for the sake of the podcast. Um, and the one thing I think you could do better, and again, this is in the sake of, you know, you know 360 honest degree honest feedback. Um, you do say a hundred percent a lot. <laughs> If maybe you could come up with just occasionally, maybe even just throw in 110%, okay. you know, footy style, just to kind of vary it up a bit. That would be my... Now, you can, in okay, return, okay. you're allowed to... Well, I'll say uh, you've, you've, um, you're, you've worked on the one percenters. You struggled with the intros at the start of this season, but you've really picked up your game there. So I think that, you know, you're committed to improving just the, the areas of your game which may be lacking. So that's a really good sign. Okay, good. Um, also, you've managed to keep your Bulldogs bias at an even level. In fact, that leads into my negative. I'd say that you are <laughs> slipping back into conservative observations about the Bulldogs because you've been clo- you've had one loss and you've been close to a couple other losses. And I see you're sort of falling back into old habits. You're not that guy anymore, Will. You don't have to adopt that eternal loser persona anymore. Uh, yes, I do, Charlie. <laughs> I, well, the Bulldogs are helping me. The Bulldogs are helping me, lure me back into that position of going, oh, this is what my life's like. This was the amazing thing with Hawthorne fans because, you know, obviously they've had a week now where everything's back and everything's fine. And I actually had Hawthorne fans, friends of mine, say that they'd always judge people who left games early. Yeah. And then they realized that, like, oh, when your team loses... It sucks. Yeah, sometimes you do want to leave early. You just want to get on the train or whatever first. And they're explaining this kind of, like, how like shameful it is that they have to kind of pretend they were going to the toilet and then sneak out of the ground. I'm like, yeah, because you guys have only ever had success. You haven't had to build up what it's like to sit and watch a team that, like, from quarter time you know is going to lose the game. I don't think I have ever left a game early... Because we're losing. I've left because I've needed to, to yeah, leave for other reasons. For other reasons. But I think the the shame or the potential for opposition supporters to see me going and then start up a chant or something <laughs> has always made me stay to the bitter end. Oh, yeah. Like, times when I've had to leave early, like, I will always try to find a point where they're in front. Yeah. Like, so say I know I'm only, like, I can only go to the first half of the game because I've got to go to a show or something that night. Like, if we're, if it's a tight game... And we get like, you know, it's halfway through the second quarter and we get a goal up, I dash for the exit. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I'm leaving while we're ahead, guys. It's fine. My brother, um, uh, in the late 90s, when St Kilda was sort of coming out of the grand final period of uh, 97, 98, 99, Tim Watson was coach. I think it might have been 98 even. Um, no, he was coaching 99. And we were beating Hawthorne at Waverley with something like 10 goals up at half time. And my brother had been listening on the radio. I was like, oh, fuck this. Like, I should go to the game and watch the last half. By the time he drove out to Waverley and got there for the last quarter, Hawthorne 
mounted one. I think it's like the third biggest comeback in the history of the game. So my brother managed to get there the last quarter to watch St. Kilda fritter away a 10-goal lead and then lose. Oh, mate, there's, there was times. There was eras as a Bulldogs fan. If you went to the game and they won the toss, you'd go home. You'd just be wrapped. You'd be like, we won something today. Yeah. I'm just going to pretend the game didn't happen. We won the coin toss. It, I remember when our... Uh, the, uh, the coin toss. I remember when our captain pointed in the right direction. It was the best <laughs> bit of the game. Three votes. I've talked about... I've got, you know, a, a Rob Harvey jumper that I won at the Social Club Raffle in like 1991. And that game was uh, the first time we'd beaten Hawthorne in 15 years or something. I think it was... Close to 15 years, it was a long time, and it was probably one of only like five victories we'd had at Moorabbin in probably for the entire year. And I remember being at that social club even as a kid, and you would have thought it was New Year's Eve, the way people were partying. And I'm talking like, this is back when the Saints disco days, like Jamie Lamb was on the dance floor cutting it up, Rob <laughs> Elphinston, you know, <laughs> it was... It was really like a grand final. I remember being like, when I got that jumper, like virtually the entire crowd put me on their shoulders and carried me around the club. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was times when at St Kilda, if you won the the Chook raffle, you got up on the honours board. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, look, uh, we should start, I think, let's start with some feedback we've got in the spirit of 360 degree honours feedback. It's a time in the season, you know, we're six, we're what, this is round six coming up, is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so like five rounds in, they say after round six, you pretty much can tell what's going to happen for the rest of the season. So it's time to sort of... They say that, but they also do those things after two rounds where they're like, well, if you've lost two games in a row, statistically, you won't make finals. Like every fucking round, they bring up some statistic about what will that mean for the end of your season. I don't believe any of it. We've talked about this before. Since the Bulldogs last year, I don't buy any of it. Also, the other thing is... People, like, I think it's because the era of big calls, and, you know, we're part of this. Like, everybody's got a fucking podcast now. Everybody's got an opinion to have. You know, you've got AFL television on every day of the week. You've got to fill it with something, and people just fill it with big calls. Yeah. Like, Ross Lyon has gone from being sacked. They should, like, they should tear up his four-year contract and pay him out to being, like, some sort of super coach. The super coach is back. Well, isn't that David (laughs) King's entire, like, that's the way he's built his media career, is he's a dude who comes out early and makes some bold claim Based on his war room stats. Yeah. I mean, Kingy, when it comes to football knowledge, he's kind of like the guy who asks a hundred girls at a party if they want to fuck <laughs> in the hope that one out of the hundred will say yes. That's the David King method. Like he is the master of big calls, finding some stat, finding some piece of information and just making some big call based on it. I would love to see, you know how people do those trackings of politicians' records and things like that? I'd love to see someone go back and do a comprehensive study. In fact, Champion Data should do a Champion Data on how many of David King's war room stats have actually turned out to be good calls, bad calls. I'd love to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the bit of feedback we received is, um, uh, I don't think we can give his name because he's... uh, He's responding to uh, the whispers that you were hearing from the yeah. West. We've about... been hearing whispers about Nat. Well, you were hearing whispers. Oh, I like... was, I was, I was hearing your whispers. I was hearing the Chinese whisper of the original whisper that you. Oh heard. yeah, and by the time I heard the whisper, it had been whispered across the Nullarbor. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. Didn't the whisper come via Queensland or something? I think the whisper just got caught on the Fremantle doc- the doctor <laughs> one day, and it was blowing particularly hard. <laughs> And it hit me. I was in Adelaide. I was in Adelaide doing shows, and the Fremantle doctor blew a little whisper my way. Well, <laughs> uh, this uh, listener says, Hey, boys, I wasn't sure uh, where to get in touch for two guys, one cup. So he contacted us on our Facebook page. Yeah, Toefop Toe Toe Facebook page. Yeah. I just wanted to respond to the whispers, and yeah. he put whispers in inverted commas, oh, from out we west. Uh-huh. 
The friend of a friend. By the way, I don't think you have to put whispers in inverted commas. <laughs> I believe that when someone's using the expression whispers, it's already in inverted commas. Yeah. You're putting something that's said in inverted commas in inverted commas. I don't think he was trying to clarify uh, the, the literal meaning okay. of a whisper. I think it was more the disdain he has for whispers in the general. whispers in general, yeah, right? Sure. Hated uh, whispering Jack. Loved all John <laughs> Farnham's other stuff. Hated whispering Jack. The friend of a friend of a player's sister is talking shit. Oh, now, here we go. Is that what we said? It was a friend of a friend's player? Or is he, again, like mocking our source? Because well, I can't remember you saying, identifying where he'd come from. Because uh, so oh, it came from that other. Message. I left some details out, oh, right? Okay, right. Uh, out of confidentiality. The person who contacted me claimed that they were best friends with another prominent uh, Fremantle player. Okay. And so the information was coming. Uh, directly from this other Fremantle player to this person who was passing. So one player. Removed. However, I did not do any research to find out if that's in fact the case. Right. This person just stated it boldly, and in my book, that's a whisper. <laughs> that's a whisper. It's in Wayne Carey's book, apparently, that's a whisper. And then you have to have a sit down with Clarko. We'll get to that later. He goes on to say, the media is just trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, well, that's what they do, the media. Oh, or a, a mountain out of a Stephen Hill. Yeah. Uh, depending. <laughs> well, a little closer home on that one, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie did not know the contents of the, the message. <laughs> Fife lives... By the way, let's... How many molehills do you see? That's not a... Shouldn't it be like a mountain? I just thought they lived underground. Yeah. I mean, I assume they have a molehill. Must be the dirt that's displaced when they're like when they're moling. You know, when they're moling. Oh right, you've got to so have... it's they've di- they dug out their, their yeah. mole hole, right? And yeah. now they've got a mole hill. hill. Mole hill. Yeah, your mole hill's next to your mole hole. Yeah, Everybody I mean, knows that, Charlie. Well, I mean, what around okay. your front you'd is see, your mole hill, and around see, the back's your mole hole. I mean, you see ant hills more often than you see a mole yeah. hill. How do yeah. moles get the? How do moles become the so part of the lexicon? Or maybe the hill that your mole is making is bigger though, like well, the ant hill. Well, we're in Australia now. Yeah. Surely it should be like a mountain out of a wombat, wombat hill. A wombat like hill. hill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do we have moles in Australia? Fuck, we're dumb. I don't think that we do. One of our sporting teams would be called the moles. Don't you think? Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, but... probably not. Probably not in this day <laughs> yeah. and age. That would probably be. But yeah. like... I'm sure they are called moles on the yeah. field. Yeah. In fact, wasn't this a, a, a disco called the Mole Hole for like 20 years back in the old days when shit like that went down? He goes on. Fife lives with two other players on the list, one junior and one senior. Uh-huh. And he hosts the players' parties. All right. He hosted their Mad Monday in 2015 and is frequently spotted with the rest of the list. A good indication of where he's at is on his episode of Michael Barlow's podcast. Just for the record, firstly, he's frequently spotted with the other players. Yeah. Every Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Fridays and Thursdays, mate. Yeah, we get that. And he's probably at training with them. He's spotted around town with them. That's not complete evidence for me. The living with two other players, I don't mind that. Cross generations. But don't you think it is telling that he said he hosted their Mad Monday in 2015? Mm. Well... Who hosted the Mad Monday in 2016? Like, isn't that actually say more about the fact that maybe he has grown apart from the players if he didn't host it two years in a row? Well, he would have liked to host it, but they had their Mad Monday after round three in 2016 <laughs> and he was still injured. Yeah. Uh, and then the weird part, so Michael Barlow has Hang a on. podcast. Yeah, no, let's dig down deeper on this. Do we know yeah. what Michael Barlow's podcast nah, is called? I think you Should I Google it? Yeah. get to the internet and Do you find think, out? all right, I'm going to Everybody's a got a fucking podcast now, don't they? Do you think it has a, a football pun in, is it? Like it's called The Bounce or something like that? Well, here's the thing. You're implying 
immediately that it's a football podcast, right? Oh, you're hoping, but, maybe it's about like jazz or something. <laughs> well, you're an actor, I'm a comedian. This podcast isn't like about comedy and that's acting. Good point, yeah. Can you imagine if Michael Barlow does a podcast that's about comedy and acting? <laughs> oh, well, I'm subscribing now. Uh, okay, what did you guess that it would be called? Oh, like, Al, so give me a hint. Is it a football pun? What did you guess immediately? What ba- ba- the bounce. Okay, that's not too bad, actually. So you're in the right sort of okay. zone. So. Pretty much if you go through all the ideas we came up with okay. when we were trying to come up with an idea for the name of this podcast. Is it ball related? Uh, yes, kind of. It's something that we've been speaking about. Um, it's, it's both a play on a football term, but also sort of a more broad statement about, you know, the philosophy of the podcast, I would say. Right. I have no idea. So, like, for example, if you said ball, ball isn't a philosophy as well. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, the phrase is both a football phrase. Yes. But it is also something that describes, I guess, you know, an attitude of a sort of a podcast. So, for example, if it was called, if uh, Patrick Dangerfield had a podcast, (laughs) it would be called Kicking in Danger. Yeah. Right. And because that would be the kind of attitude of, like, you know, it's danger. You know, yeah, you're kicking it with danger. Like, you know, that kind of plays on two levels. Is it called The Sweet and Barlow Down? Oh, it doesn't have his name in it. (laughs) Damn it. But that is, that's good. I I reckon that probably was second. That was one of the the ones on the list. Um, it's, I'll give you a bit more of a clue. Okay. Uh, this particular rule of the game has been particularly controversial this season. Okay, so something to do with Out of Bounds. Is it called Out of Bounds? The Out of Bounds podcast <laughs> with Michael Barlow. <laughs> Shit. That was a very easy get, wasn't All it? All right, I'm going to go to the Facebook page and see if we can find out some more information about Michael Barlow's podcast. Well, I'm assuming he started it when he was still at the Dockers. I mean, he's probably, I wonder if Mike Hal is working for Michael Barlow, linking up him and Nat Fife. Because they can't be in the same room together. I mean, this is uh, this is. It'd be great if he was still post. I mean, this would be a great sign that Nat Fife is actually a beloved team player if he's still doing a podcast. Yeah, you know, with Michael. Well, Barlow. although Michael Barlow's now at the Sun, so maybe it'd be evidence that he is not a beloved player. That he's, you know, he's talking to his old teammates. Okay, here we go. Um, all right, uh, let's have a look. Uh, well, they've been running a competition, so that's. Um, that's that's something more than we have ever done on this podcast. Is it so like, hang on. Is it one of those us. podcasts where they do like one every sporadically every few months or whatever? Is he like a weekly? Look, okay, I'm going to have to do some more research open on iTunes. that. Yeah, I'm going to open, open up iTunes and I'm going to look up the Out of Bounds podcast. Uh, all right, Out of Bounds podcast. Did you guys lose two in a row? Bulldogs this year? No. This year? Yeah. No, no, no. We're 4-1. and one. That's weird. Because he finishes this message with also, like, so he says, you can listen, a good indication of where he's at is on the episode of Michael Barlow's podcast. Last line, also, cop that will, two losses on the trot to the so-called shambles from the West. Oh, he's talking. Oh, last two games against Frio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. This is. Cop that. Cop that will. Uh, it turns out there's a lot of uh, podcasts called Out of Bounds oh, really? <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> so, uh, not the most original of all names there, Michael Barlow, that you didn't look it up, but uh, we'll have a look here. So, um, uh, Michael Barlow, oh, okay, no, no, he's done uh, 13 episodes of the podcast. What was the most recent? Uh, the first one uh, was on the 28th of the 7th, 2016, huh. and um, he has uh, since, the most recent one was uh, the 13th of April, 2017. Huh. So, here's a little description. Uh, it's a great privilege this week. I'm joined on the Out of Bounds podcast by Matthew Pavlich, was the most 
So he's getting the big guests on. He's yeah. getting Pav on. I mean, he's... they all tend to be from the same team. I mean, that's within that five Pav. He's good in the. Hey, by the way, the media though, Pav. How good is that Fox Footy ad with Pav? The one where it. Like, he's good. Like, I, I, that bit where he looks at the photo of his dog and gets choked up makes me laugh every single time. Yeah, he's a pretty good media performer, Pav. Yeah. You never really knew it from over here, I don't think, how much no, personality he had. I but... mean, I think he got that from him on the field. Like, he always seemed to be that kind of cocky kind of dude, but it's, he's very funny. Yeah, that's the thing that you didn't, I never thought of Pav as being hilarious. And speaking of these fucking Fox Footy promos can you explain to me what is going on with that head surfing oh, one it's the worst like is that the that is the worst it's the right? worst are you doing the are you doing gruen again this year because i think you need to discuss how ill-conceived and what the fuck is going on with kennedy doing that american accent i mean the first time i saw it i was like is he american it's one of those, it's one of those <laughs> I got confused describe it to people who have not seen it because not everybody has uh, Mate, Fox I don't know how, how the fuck do you describe it so, okay, so it's, 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 got invented, this, it's got this they've decided, movie. they've decided basically that they want to show really high marks right yeah it's one of the great features of our game really high marks well no no this is what it is because I put it out on Twitter because I was so confused and someone explained to me what it was remember last year they did their like you know uh, uh, like the 80s are coming back or it was like, you know, the big bumps of the 80s or the worst haircuts of the 80s and that was just a round for Fox Footy to promote the AFL. Nothing to do with the AFL itself. It just means on Fox Footy that week they're going to be showing old clips and blah, 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 blah. You know, fucking Robbo and Jared will be wearing mullet wigs and all that kind of stuff. So this is 2017's promo thing is, oh, it's the fucking, it's going to be the head surfers week. So they've tried to set it up like it's a surf movie, interviewing like, Kennedy and Rioli and Nat Fife and stuff and getting to talk about taking a screamer right. as if it is the same as like catching a wave. But no one, have you ever heard the term fucking head surfing before? No. Never. No, it's Poochie. Yeah, That's totally. what it is. No, it's They've Pepsi. Tr- it's the Pepsi commercial. Right. It's fucking Kendall Jenner with a can of Pepsi. They've tried to make something. They've gone, oh, you don't need to make taking high marks cooler. Yeah. It's already good. Taking a hanger. Like, just use the terminology we use, a hanger, a floater, right. a screamer. But they've obviously told them all, we're going to call it head surfing. Could you kind of, like, play a character or whatever? And, like, you, like so they're all doing those weird old school, I don't know what it's called, where you, like, stick up your thumb and Rid- you stick the up rigi- your the little... The ridgy dig. Yeah, they're doing that <laughs> shit, and they're like, head surfing, we all call it head surfing. <laughs> no, you don't. You know what it's like? It's like from Clueless. Was it Clueless or Mean Girls, where it was like, stop ma- trying to make fetch happen? <laughs> Like, yeah, that's, totally. That's what it feels like. Try, stop trying to make head, head surfing. surfing happen. It's so fucking lame. And, and all the they're all embarrassing. Like yeah. none of them are good actors. No. And they're all trying to like do these cool like I guess pretend to be surfers. But like what fucking focus group did they come up with that idea? It's like, well, we need something to promote this round. Head surfing. Just like you said, it was right in front of you. Fucking big marks. That's right. all you had to do. Just actually what it is. But this whole it's not even it's it's also so... Hey, uh, guys, what, what campaign should we come up with for this new pill we've discovered that only costs $2 and makes your dick bigger? Oh, no, we don't need a campaign. <laughs> Just, that, that'll do. Yeah. You actually have all the ingredients you need. Do not overcomplicate this. Like, you've tried to make another meal out of two delicious cakes and yeah. fucked it up. Like, just leave it alone. Yeah. Like, and also, but who was directing it when, <laughs> when, when Kennedy decided... He was going to do the American accent. At no point did someone say, mate, first of all, it's not a very good American accent. Second of all, it's very confusing because no one else is doing an accent. Like, who was directing it? 
You know what I like, though? It feels to me at least like one of those things that, you know, in uh, 10, 20, 30 years... Oh, yeah, it's going to be great on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's going to be one of those things that they look back on when all those people are like... Because a lot of them like will go on to be prominent yeah. voices of the game. And like Josh Kennedy will be running for like chairman of the AFL board or something, yeah. and somebody will go... Uh, I have one last piece of yeah. evidence. You know what it's like? <laughs> it's like when you watch that We Love, We Live Football rap music video from the 80s and yeah. you see Jared Healy in there and you're like, oh my oh, God. Jezza. Jared. Before you started making better choices. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I take it back. It's, it's going to serve a purpose. Yeah. It's, it's like a, that. It's AF- a long game. It's that AFL album where all the players got drunk and, and sang. Like that stuff <laughs> never goes away. People uh. bring that up for the rest of your life. So. Did you see there's a great photo going around on social media last week. It's a black and white photo of Plugger back in his St Kilda days uh, in the rooms at Moorabbin's after a game. He's wearing his like footy gear. He's got his tracksuit jacket on and he's smoking a dart. Just sitting there after the game, sucking on a fag. Yeah, well, to keep his weight down. <laughs> <laughs> that was his secret. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but players smoking and having a beer after a game, I guess 30 years ago would have been the norm. Like professional AFL players. Oh, I remember when, when did it go full professional. The AFL, like around the mid eighties. Oh, I would have thought you were having a beer in the rooms until fifteen years ago. No. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. I mean, maybe not like a heap of beer, but like. No, I reckon maybe from the period maybe it twenty from years ago. The last year it was the VFL before it went to the AFL. I could see that happening because it was still suburban. The minute it becomes like a national league big sponsor can you imagine if like some photographer you know got a shot of some dude like sculling a beer after a game you'd lose sponsors mate have you ever seen an nrl dressing room have you ever seen state of origin afterwards oh yeah it's true. like any of those things and like they <laughs> yeah, uh, did you see the sharks after they won the grand final last year they were so blind at their family day <laughs> like they had like ties <laughs> around their heads and like they're all drinking cans on stage i'm like you're in front of families you're disgraceful <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't reckon it was that. Like 15, 20 years ago, some clubs, I reckon you were still having a, a beer in the rooms after a game. Oh, shit, I'd like to know. Like, like, I was going to say, yeah. let's put it out there. Yeah. Let's put it out there. We'll go to our whispers in the West. Yeah. Uh, if you can get over uh, our slight on that five, please. You've got some information. Because all those, like your Dougie Hawkins, that era, that sort of era. I reckon even your Brad Hardy your era. You know what will be interesting and that's, is that's, to rank the clubs according to who when did the they last give up one the to phase it out. That would be amazing. If you could do a chart and I mean it wouldn't be surprised if like West Coast and Hawthorne phased it out first, right? right. History would tell us that those guys probably did. What well, yeah. And then St Kilda and well, the Bulldogs. I right. Guess. Yeah, I mean Fitzroy when they were still around, probably that Fitzroy were probably drinking at half time by the end. Yeah. That was it. They were going We're not getting paid, so we might as well have a can. Um, yeah, it's interesting uh to me that idea of uh, the newfound professionalism, I guess. But um, obviously, on the smoking thing, it's probably worth mentioning that Jesse Hogan, who, of course, was, you know, in all the headlines about that, uh, the it turned out the personal reasons that they hadn't really fully disclosed was that his dad was, well, his dad has now died. Mm, his away, dad yeah. has passed away. So I think perhaps in retrospect, some of the people who went particularly hard on that uh, at the time, because there that, was but some. I, I th- but I thought that was known at the time. Oh, they knew his dad. I think they knew his dad, his dad was, was Ill. Ill, but I don't know if anyone knew it was quite as. Yeah. Serious. Who went after? I mean, I didn't really follow that because I was away, but did, did he get 
He definitely did, yeah. Like, oh, like was, Danny Frawley said it wasn't a good look, right? Well, it's not a good look. I don't think anyone thought it was a good look, but he's having one dart at a, like, at a music festival. Yeah. And as we know now, he's probably in a time when, you know, the last thing he needed to do was think, you know, particularly about, you know, what it's like in those situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've lost a parent and you understand how your brain, you know, looks for all sorts of external stimulus, good, bad, and indifferent around those things that aren't necessarily indicative of how you, normally conduct yourself well it's like, also that argument too of you know understandably when you have that tracksuit on or that or that uniform on you're representing the club but there has to be it wasn't like he was doing anything illegal oh he was at the music festival in his footy boots and his footy <laughs> <laughs> that you, was, you forgot yeah. to point that out sorry i didn't oh yeah okay that well, was the one sense. bit yeah. that was actually the weirdest bit i thought that was the weird bit that no one focused on but yeah no all, all the best to him and, and to his family and what must be a pretty terrible time and it obviously puts into perspective the fact that you know you have to go out there and you know, do your job under uh, incredibly difficult circumstances sometimes. Well, you know, I actually, um, for some reason, I uh, I was thinking about Phil Walsh a lot, and I just went on YouTube and googled the um, all the, uh, the the Phil Walsh tributes that happened after that because uh-huh. I just remember because I was at one of the games where it happened and being like so moved by it. It's again amazing, isn't it? Just to see, you know, how well Adelaide. Like this is the yeah. great story of this team. If they do go on to, you know, win the premiership, at, which at the moment, you know, looks like it might be a thing that could happen. It is going to be a remarkable story when you tell it from what happened, you know, the Phil Walsh years to what has happened now. Well, just when you revisit that whole um, horrible, horrible uh, time, to see the way that that the AFL community responded to it. Like, I think it was Alistair Clarkson and Nathan Buckley who, the, who were the guys who discussed... You know, um, after the game, no matter what the result is, we'll bring the players together and we'll just sort of like, you know, do that where they all got around the center circle. And when you watch all that and you see the commentary that was coming out of it and stuff, I actually feel very proud of, you know, this competition that I follow to see the way that there was a moment to just stop and say, hey, you know what? This is just a game. Like, you know, they, Adelaide, obviously, they cancelled the uh, Adelaide Geelong game that was scheduled for that weekend and um, just gave those players enough time. And then when the Adelaide players came back and they took on West Coast at Subiaco and they lost, you know, the way that that Subiaco crowd responded to those players, like, it is amazing. I think you forget in all the kind of, you know, competitiveness and one-eyedness of it, it is a community. You know, and stuff like that, you know, like what's happening with Jesse Hogan now, hopefully, is one of the reasons I love AFL. But also, they're all um, just playing sport together. Like, in the grand scheme of the world, we sometimes take this so seriously. And, of course, it is serious. It's big business and, you know, it's people's, you know, passions and loves and they put money into it and all these sort of things. But at the end of the day, and I know this is a very controversial thing to say... It doesn't actually mean anything. No. It means whatever you want it to mean, and it can mean wonderful things to you and take you on amazing journeys. But in the actual you know, process of life and humanity, mm. if football went away tomorrow, we would fill that void with other things. You know, mm. And I think that you know, our game's at our, its best when we remember that it is indeed a game. Mm. Now... Speaking and that's the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of it, should we uh, look at yeah, some of uh, last week's results? We know this is late this week. Apologies. Uh, we tried to get together earlier. It just didn't happen. So rather than uh, bemoan uh, uh, how late we are with this, get excited about the fact that we've had a full week of AFL news to talk about as we go through. Each yeah. Game. And also, it's, it feels like a very long time. I mean, it's a week, I guess, since the, the, the first game of this round. But there's been so much football since yeah. then. 
that uh, the Port Adelaide Carlton games oh, really yeah, it feels like years ago. It does it feels like there was like a bye week in between? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Port Adelaide, uh, twenty goals. 17, 137. So that was a pretty boring game if you watched it. Like Port Adelaide did what they had to do, but Robbie Gray, my God, he's good, isn't he? If yeah, Robbie, real good. I mean, if Robbie Gray had kicked straight, uh, well, he would have beaten Carlton by himself. <laughs> what do you? If you're a Carlton fan, what are you looking for this year? Just like, I mean, what something, some stuff um, like they have like nine, another hobby, <laughs> nine players, outside interests, nine players who are teenagers or some shit like that. I mean, look, it wasn't that long ago that the Saints were in that position, but he just like Brendan Bolton, right? Like, I just love hearing him talk about it afterwards. Like, he's very, he's not trying to make excuses. He's not trying to pump up anyone's tires. He's just been very on. That's a hard fucking job to be a coach of a team that you know is going to get a belting most weeks and coming out and facing the press. And like, I mean, how many ways can you answer those, you know, or justify why you're getting belted by 10 goals each week. Interestingly enough, this game, even though, like, I mean, obviously Port Adelaide really, like, massacred them. And I was watching uh, the Foxtel coverage, the Fox footy coverage of it. Yeah, in between and, the head surfing promos. And the, yeah, just for the head surfing <laughs> promos. And Dwayne Russell was being particularly uh, mean-spirited about the lack of effort by Carlton, you know. Yeah, right. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. It felt mostly like they were trying. Yeah. It just felt like they just weren't good enough. They weren't up to it. And I kind of think, as lo- if I was a Carlton fan, as long as you feel like they're trying and yeah. as long as you feel like... I mean, they had, you know, what, seven teenagers or something ridiculous on that list. Like, yeah. there was a whole bunch of people, you know, on there who, who, who can't remember, who weren't born when Carlton was last successful. And they're all playing in your team. Um, well, there's also the other thing too of like fatigue, like this whole thing of oh they're not trying or they're being lazy. After like a half a footy where you've been smashed around by grown men, I think you are going to flag in the second half. Like I don't think they're not chasing because they're not committed. I think they're not chasing because they've blown up. Mate, if you got if you got the senior team and to play the under 19s, I reckon in the second half the under 19s might not be up to it. <laughs> First half they might have a crack, but after a while being bashed around. Yeah, I remember when I was playing junior footy, I had um, I was playing under-15s, but I was also playing in the under-19s, and I had a good season, and I came second in the, like, Hayfield under-19s, best and fairest, and I came, like, fourth or fifth in the league best and fairest at, like, 14 years old, and so the next year, um, instead of, I was 15, but they were kind of thinking they'd play me in the seniors, and the guy who was coaching the seniors hated my dad. Don't know why, <laughs> but just hated my dad. And, like, so in the practice match, he put me on, like, I'm this chubby, like, kind of gangly, you know, 15-year-old who hasn't quite grown into his own body. And he put me on the fucking hardest, fittest... Ex-con. Like, killed me. And, like, never moved me off him. Like, the whole game, just let this guy massacre me, punch me, scrap me. Because this is an intra-club match. We're essentially... It's essentially being umpired by the coach. Yeah, you know? right. So, it's like, this guy's smashing me into the ground. He's climbing on my shoulders. And I'm like, what do you have against my dad? Like... Literally standing on, your, standing on your back, twisting his studs into right. your spine. It's right. like, on the ball. So, yeah, I, I probably didn't have a crack at the second half either that day. <laughs> no, fuck that. I mean, I, I, I don't want to ever fully forgive Carlton for the pain they put me through, but I'm willing to be encouraging in this period of growth. Well, Carlton are learning an important lesson, which is that footy is heaps harder to win when you don't cheat. <laughs> 
I mean, I think this is the important lesson. Like, people keep going, this is not what it was like in the glory days. I was like, no, because you were cheating. <laughs> you're not allowed to cheat anymore. That's why you're not good. You never put structures in place to actually be good because you just cheated your way out of everything. It seems harder when you don't have to cheat. So, but that's, I mean, that's the problem, right? I think, like, with Malthouse, it felt like they still wanted to pull a sneaky. Whereas yeah. now, it feels like they've actually learnt the lessons, which is we have to rebuild this club, all of it, yeah. from the ground up. And I think that, as Carlton fans, you feel like that is happening. That Malthouse decision is still bizarre, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's just... That's what really killed them. Yeah. And that that's what I... With all this Buckley stuff, and we'll get to Buckley, I'm sure, but... Like, people talk about the idea that Collingwood, you know, moved him on and whatever, like, you know, at the peak of their powers. And because people want to run down Buckley, they talk about, and he got rid of Mick. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. hey, yeah, but remember how Mick was shit? Like, how Mick went to Carlton and he was shit. Mm. Like, Mick was getting towards the end of what he was doing. They talk about Mick as if he'd stayed at Collingwood, they would have won another five premierships. Well, he just but, lost a premiership. I yeah. mean, that's what happened in 2011. They lost. Coaches get moved on all the time. Right. The year after losing. Also, they didn't want to move him on. Yeah. They wanted him to stay. <laughs> they just wanted him to go out to the fucking granny flat. Eddie Maguire had built him the fucking, he built him a granny flat. Yeah. He, he fucking covered the walls in money. And, and he said, stick around and help Nathan out. And Mick didn't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, look, might, let's, might as well get into the Anzac oh, yeah. Day game. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, Port Adelaide, Carlton. Uh, so Port still pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Port chugging along. I, you know, Final eight. Good? Yeah. Maybe. I think so. Maybe. I think so. I mean, you, you'd want to see them... I think they they are tracking appropriately. I think they'll be in the bottom half of the top eight, but I haven't watched too many of their games up close this year, so... They look good, Port, I reckon. Um, so, uh, okay, on the Saturday, I went to this next game. Okay. Uh, it was Bob Murphy's oh, that's 300th. Right. I texted you during this game, because I yeah. couldn't believe what the fuck was happening. Yeah, so, well, a lot of things that I couldn't believe happened that day. Yes. Uh, my girlfriend, Amy, uh, came to the football with me. She yeah. has never watched the entire game of football. Yeah. Uh, she still hasn't. She spent a lot of it out the back on the phone, but... <laughs> But she decided to come because it was Bob's 300th and she'd met Bob before and uh, she she knows that he's, uh, you know, my favourite player and, uh, you know, someone that I like as a person as well. And, you know, she was like, I'm going to come to the game. And uh, we went to the function. Yeah. Uh, Bob Murphy's parents uh, spoke at the function. Uh, she was quite fascinated by... By the way, she was having a terrible time. But I got her in with the fact that, like... Uh, Free booze. Hang on, sorry. Amy, Amy was having a bad Amy time. was having okay, a terrible yeah. time. I was like, Bob Murphy's mum's having yeah. a terrible time. She'd never want him to play football. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the bane of her entire existence, and he won't stop I playing. paid for violin lessons for 16 years. Yeah. I, yeah. I spent $6,000 on a flugelhorn <laughs> in Warrigal. And he wants to play foosball? No, thank you. <laughs> That's what, what she's that's what she's foosball. that's what she's called it yeah. mistakenly for the last fourteen years. She has no interest. She still thinks it's called foosball. <laughs> so that's uh, a weird pronunciation. Amy, of Amy, so I made Amy get a photo with the mascot out I the front, that. which I uh, you sent to me. Sent to her. She actually explained to a person in a bulldog's mascot suit, "Is it okay if we take this photo?" Ironically. <laughs> Fuck. So that probably doesn't come up too often when. Fuck, I didn't know it was ironic. I actually was excited for you when I saw that photo because I thought, oh, she's smiling. She looks like she's having a good time. No. That was an ironic smile. She was never going to have a good time. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, free alcohol and everybody was very nice to her. And so we went to the function and Bob Murphy's parents spoke and, uh, 
They have, they're quite an interesting story, Bob Murphy's parents. You'd probably know this, but uh, she was a oh, nun. nun and she he was, was a nun priest. and he was a priest. Yeah. yeah. It's a tale as old as time. I mean, he truly is the immaculate conception. I <laughs> you know, he came to us from Warrigal. Or a blight against God. Yeah. The saviour <laughs> was born in Warrigal. Yeah, I know. It's amazing he's so beloved, seeing he's the spawn of, of Satan. Satan. 100%. Born in lust and blasphemy. <laughs> from both sides. <laughs> God lost two that day, and the Bulldogs got Game a legend. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking... Well, that should be a sure sign. Recruiters have got it all wrong. You should not be looking at fucking junior football leagues next player. You should be going to fucking convents and seminaries and just trying to get priests and nuns to breed and then put those kids into your fucking development program. That should have been the banner. Sorry to give you advice, Danny McGinley, but it should have been God's loss is the Bulldogs' game. <laughs> It was just an upside-down crucifix. <laughs> and then on the back, a cartoon of a nun and a priest having sex. Nothing used today. Danny McGinley was banned from the AFL for life. It'd be great if um, the AFL started doing banners, if, if one of the other clubs, because you know Carlton's got some terrible ad agency in who keep fucking it up, but like one of the clubs decide to up it from the Danny McGinley, and what they decide to do is those mad magazine-style fold-in yeah. banners. So it'd be really great if it like spelled out one thing when it was out, but then you you folded it in and it sent like a, a, like a dirty message to the opposition or something. <laughs> I don't think the banners are long for the AFL, and that kind of saddens me. People, oh, you mean they're on the way out? Yeah, I think so. It's renewed enthusiasm in the banners because of the, for the for the slogans. Yeah. But I think that that could easily be translated into fucking like you know onto the jumbotron, putting words in the jumbotron. But the fact that the players don't even really fucking run through it anymore, like again, we've talked about this on this podcast a lot, but I miss that. I used to love watching the players burst through. A couple of guys hanging out the back trying to punt the ball through. You know, like, where's that gone? I mean, heritage round. Again, these are the things. Yes. These are the things that we should bring back for heritage Fuck round. Fuck your head surfing promo. Yeah, Give no me my banner bursting promo. Yes. Yeah, and people not getting through. Yes. That's, Chipping over the tape. That's what I want to see. Yeah. In heritage round. Yeah. Let's get some of these 17-year-old kids who've come through their fucking academies. Sure, you're good on draft day, jumping up and down or doing six-meter sprints, You're bloody combined. Yeah, you're combined. But on the last day of the combine, they should get a poorly <laughs> constructed banner and they actually have to burst through it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. How did he do on his medical leap? Who cares? Did you see the way he went through that crepe paper? Yeah, mate. Yeah, his vertical leap was uh, uh, off the charts. Couldn't make it through the crow paper, though. <laughs> so, all right. So, the, uh, this was a, um, yeah, a, as a Bulldogs fan, um, obviously there was a lot of... Heart and mouth? Uh, yeah, it was it certainly... I um, thought you were gone. Oh, yeah, I thought so, too. First quarter, um, we were... Because yeah, being there at the game, sometimes you do get that sense that's different to television. Mm. We were dominating. But we just couldn't put it on the scoreboard. And every time they went down the other end, they would just kick straight. Mm. I think at the, by the end of the game, we'd had more, we scored more points yeah. than they had scoring shots in total. And we had like four or five, like out of bounds on the full as well. It yeah. was, there was like a, it, there was like, there is something going on this year with goal kicking, isn't there? Like it's, a, mate, it was like there was a magnet in our goals and it, a magnet in the ball. We could a, not, I don't get know. It. It's a pandemic or an endemic. There's, it's something demic. 
But there's it, it's weird. This year more than ever, because I've heard people moan about fucking goal kicking. Jason Dunstall's always fucking moaning about goal kicking. But this year, every game I've seen, there's been these really easy misses. And I'm wondering, is it because of the nature of the, the game now, the way that players cover so much territory, by the time they do line up, they're just fucked? They don't have the power yes. in their legs? Is that what it is? Well, reckon? that's what the players say it is. Right. Every, makes sense. Every time I hear a player interviewed about it, like the person who's doing the interviewing always goes with the... Well, they're not uh, letting them practice goal kicking enough, and it's the bloody sports scientists and the blah blah blah. And then they get someone on, and they go, uh, "So, as a player, what do you think it is?" And the players go, "Because we're all running sixteen kilometers mm-hmm. at high speed <laughs> on and off the ground. Have you watched it? By the time we get the ball, I've run a hundred meters like through eight other guys in a pattern to get here. You give me thirty seconds now to have a kick. The clock starts the minute I go back on my mark. <laughs> hey, mate." I miss a couple. I'm fucked. I'm rooted. I can barely breathe. That's why I miss, mate. Yeah, I get him at training. You know why? Because yeah. I'm not tired. <laughs> the one thing I'd say about that game is, first of all, Brisbane are good. Their midfield is as fucking good as any going around. Now and the their conversion was extraordinary. It was day. extraordinary. That were, that definitely kept a minute. But they, and that dude who looks like a tall Rafael Nadal Hipwood. is like gun. A gun. Yeah, he looks like a praying mantis at the moment. He's got Joe Donahue's old body. He's got the big gangly frame and the small head. Well, that's what happens with the praying mantis. It sheds its skin and it gets passed on and picked up by another player. But he is like, he really is like somebody made a babushka doll of Rafael Nadal. And you could fit the actual Rafa inside the bigger Rafa. Yeah, he's like if you grabbed Rafa and you stretched him. You put him in Photoshop and just stretched the frame. He would look like Hipwood. Yeah, if you're watching it on a TV and you didn't have it set on the right settings. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) is that Rafa or Hipwood? But Brisbane, uh, they've got a super slick midfield. They've got a lot of good players. And Dane Beams is like uh, playing really well. And again, it's meant that Rockliffe. Zorko. Rockcliffe, oh, yeah, all playing really They're all well, playing really which well. actually makes me feel better about the fact that we struggled to get over them because I actually saw a lot of similarities in our game and your game. We were kicking terribly against Brisbane. They got over us at one point. I don't think they got 36 points in front like they did with you guys. That's well, the point where I started watching. By the way, like, they run back hard. That's what they've got about them as well. The, part of the reason that we um, yeah, kicked so badly was they run back hard and fill those gaps. They don't let you have anything easy. And that was, I mean, the problem with that whole game was like, you know, a lot of their goals came from that, just that mistake and that turnover and that quick kick back because everyone was in one half of the field. So if you got it over the back, you know, you could, you could score pretty quickly. If I was a, if I was a Lions fan, I'd be feeling pretty good about the way this year started. You've had that one victory over the Suns and then, some really good games against higher ranked teams. I think that it was entertaining to watch. The good thing for the Bulldogs, though, yeah. is that it's kind of like you're getting tested without losing the points. I mean, the Freo thing was a bit of an aberration, but it's good for you guys because I think you're just still not playing great footy, still not kicking straight or whatever, but you're getting across the line. And you found a way to win in that game when everything was saying that you should lose. You were missing goals, you're getting outplayed in the midfield, and you still came back and won quite convincingly. Yeah, I mean, the turnaround was when it came, and this has been the story all season, is when it comes, you you just you look at the Bulldogs still and go, oh, well, if you could do this for like three quarters of a game, yeah. like because no team can do that for the entire game, but if you could... Yeah, put in this sort of performance and then stem the tide in the rest of it. You could still be a, you know, a top four team, a team that competes for this. Yeah. 
the interesting thing I read during the week about the Bulldogs was that we are the team where the fewest players have played in the same position. There's no set this season. So clearly they're doing a lot of, and you watch it. Moving magnets. Yeah. Marcus Adams was playing down front. Bob Murphy was like, they were players are playing outside their positions. And there's part of me that thinks as long as we keep winning, this is good. Because this is all them trying to work out, you know, what options do we have? Yeah. You know, how can we play better? You know, they haven't just come back and gone, we'll try to play the exact same way. You we guys don't last even realize, season. you think the JLT is still going. That's why. I Bevo, mean, it, Bevo's been super experimental. No one's explained to him that the game, the season's been running for five, five rounds now. Well, this may be the problem with Sydney as well, because you know how Sydney never tried the JLT? Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe Sydney and Bulldogs, they're four weeks behind. They still think they're playing in the JLT. <laughs> Devo's flicking players up and back the field. Longmire's not planning to win. Somebody has to go up to Horse and go, Hey, John. Hey, John. John. This is... Uh, JLT's over. Mate. JLT's what? over. What? JLT's over. It's over. It's round five. Secure the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously tonight is... And we'll get to that, that but tonight's going to be, I think, probably... The big test. Oh, well, tonight should be a cracker. I would suggest that... I, and by the time we come to our tips, I'll go the opposite direction, of course, on this. But I would be very, very surprised if we win tonight. Like, tonight will give us much more of an indication of where we're at. Because I think up until this point, we have barely been going a lot of the time and have been managing to win. But if we bring to GWS in Canberra the level of performance we've yeah. brought to some of these games, then we are going to get opened up. Well, here's the scary thing, and this can move into the next game, which was GWS versus Sydney. You either bring a shit level of game and get slaughtered or you do what the Swans did and come out in the front foot and kick five goals quick succession and, and really piss them off. <laughs> really piss them yeah. off. And then they fucking smash you because that's what fucking happened. Like, <laughs> yeah. I watched that game in the first 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, Swans are up and about. Oh. But you could also sense that there was this fucking storm brewing. Like, the Giants were so incensed that Sydney would even have the fucking temerity to think that they could play that kind of football against them. Oh, my God. GWS, you don't want to make them angry. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying, man. And when it fucking came, like, it was a tidal wave. And they are... They're, I'm just hoping... For looking for little chinks in the armor. And I think, okay, well, sometimes they switch off. You know, they they get kind of emotional. They lose their head. So there are little elements which maybe you can... But all of those things have a counterweight of, oh, yeah, so uh, they can switch off. But that means when they switch on, they go berserk. Oh, yeah, they lose their temper, which means they get really fucking aggressive and scary. Like, even the chinks in their armor are kind of like strengths in a way. Okay, so we, we actually skipped a game. So let's go back and then we'll pop f- back forward to the Sydney Joe Douglas okay. game. Because uh, I don't know if there's much to say about the Gold Coast-Adelaide game, apart from the fact that Gold Coast had a crack, Adelaide... Uh, Really Clearly good. one of the flag favourites. Yeah. Um, Rory Sloan, uh, now a Brownlow favourite as well. He's having an amazing season, but, you know, really, really great team. When did Adelaide. he start playing this season? <laughs> I don't know, like, seriously. It's crazy. Like, I mean, I had him out one week where I think he got two votes for the Brownlow. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. That's how good he is. He can even feel like he's not playing. Yeah. And, uh, and he can still uh, get votes. But, yeah, look, Adelaide are just amazing. Uh, Gary Ablett was second best on ground again for Gold Coast, so... He's fine. He's fine. He's Gary fine. Ablett's fine. Don't worry about it. Not much to learn out of this game, I would have thought, other no. than Ablett's still good, Adelaide are even better. Yeah, that should have been my luck of the week. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, so Sydney GWS, it was one of those ones where, for those first five minutes, you were like, oh, 
Oh, here we go. Here's the Sydney we've all been waiting to come back. Yeah. Like Buddy, G- Buddy's bombing them from outside 50. GW, GWS didn't touch it for the first like minute yeah. and a half or something. 18, was it 18 possessions or something before it was, they even got before one? Before they even got one. Yeah. And then... Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? In Rocky... It's in it's Rocky Four when Apollo Creed comes out of retirement to take on Ivan Drago yep. in that exhibition thing. And, like, Apollo Creed's, like, shuffling about, like, throwing out jabs and crosses, playing to the crowd, and then the Russians just drop the hammer, and Ivan Drago goes berserk. By the time we get to the end of this season, you will have compared everything that's ever happened in football to Rocky. That's <laughs> why so it's an amazing sports film. Yeah, there's a great analogy out of Rocky for every situation that might arise in the game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, GWS. Uh, okay, the, well, the one thing we probably could talk about out of this game is obviously the Heath Shaw. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, yeah, look, this is something on our other podcast, if you listen to our other podcast, TOEFOP. Um, when we started doing that podcast, it was quite common in the lexicon for people to use the R word, like, you know, and in a way that without thinking, in the same way as, like, people used to say, that's gay, people would say, no, oh, that's, that's retarded, retarded. right? Yeah. And we have probably been guilty of that in the past as well. And we had a period of time in our other podcast where we kind of had a conversation about that and, you know, tried to be a bit more vigilant about it. I'm quite comforted in one way to see how quickly this seems to have moved on in the AFL. Because five years ago, if he sure had said the exact same thing, I do not think there would be the same level of attention or the same level of it mostly seemed like everyone immediately knew it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty good thing, you know? Yeah, and Heath Shaw responded really quickly as well. Yeah. So, that I mean, I think that's the good news, right? Yeah. The good news is that people are moving forward when it comes to this sort of stuff. I mean, it's obviously hard. This has been the dis- discussion of the week, which is the fact that they're, they're mic'd all the time now. Mm. But that's not a surprise. Yeah. Like, it's not like one of those secret shows where they've secretly mic'd them. Yeah. They are aware that they're being mic'd at all times. Like, so, it's one of those things where you're like, maybe, maybe cut it down on that sort of stuff. You're probably being taped. Well, which, we'll, we'll get to the Geelong Saints game, but there is, there was a great bit of, uh, mic'd conversation that happened from that game. Which is well. absolutely brilliant. And, brilliant. But just on that note, I would like to talk about, uh, the thing they do in the AFL, which is, um, you know, when they have the microphones, uh, when Channel 7 put a microphone on a player, yeah. so you can kind of follow around yeah. what the players. So there was one during the Melbourne game, they had Jack Fighty mic'd up, and like every time they've ever done that, here's what you learn. They don't really say that much, yeah. and they puff a lot. Yeah. A lot of it's just, come boys, yeah. get over there! <laughs> here, here, over there! <laughs> like, we always think it's going to be some great insight into like, the inspirational words, was like, come boys, come boys, here, here, get it! <laughs> Hands, hands, quick hands, 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 quick hands. Good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy. <laughs> oh, what great insights there. playing there football from... or petting his dog? <laughs> good, good insights there from Jack Mighty. Yeah. Uh, most of that was a game of football, and the second bit was when a dog ran out <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> good boy. Uh, all right, let's move on then uh, from Sydney GWS. Uh, is it all over for Sydney? Sydney? Can Sydney make the finals? There's been a bit of talk around. There's another five games. The next five, their next five, they could be five and five. You know? Yeah, fuck who knows? Again, I don't, I don't subscribe to anything now. After 2016, anything can happen. Like anyone can beat anyone on any given day, apart from no one's beating Adelaide or GWS. <laughs> <laughs> apart from that day where Adelaide played GWS. Yeah. <laughs> Every other week, you know who's going to win. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Uh, okay. Sydney, um, uh, had, I think 
they've dropped um, Kieran Jack. That's he, so strange. Well, we, we, touched on this, we, we touched on this last week, but I, I just did not see the Kieran Jack drop off. Luke Parker. Luke Parker. I mean, well, Hanabry's out of form, but yeah. you know, he's only 25, 26 or something. Uh, oh, he'd be a bit older than that, I would have thought. He's been around for a while. See, that's the problem. I think I've, I've locked all these players in stasis as playing in their early 20s. Maybe they're all older than I think they are. Um, well, I, I think that like... you Kieran know, Jack's been around for at least 10 years. Yeah, but he's only like 29 or something. I think that those guys are in their late 20s and they it feels like the the end has come really quick. It, maybe it hasn't. Maybe they're just in a form slump and they'll yeah, be back. Yeah. But, um, all right, so uh, that's Sydney. In fact, let's just have a pause. Okay. Okay, we're back. Uh, all right, should we move on? We next should move game. on to the next game, which is um, uh, Fremantle uh, Football Club. Uh, just got across the line against the North Melbourne Football Club. Yeah, North were my uh, uh, original lock of the week. Uh, oh, man, it was such a shame. Like, <laughs> I really feel like North have not been, been been playing bad footy this year, and it felt like that was that would have been a good game for Brad Scott. He's been under the pump this week a bit. You know, coming out to the press and making those vague sort of statements about how he's committed to the club and, you know, as long as the board think he's the best man for the job, he'll be there. And it's like, oh, what's going on here? Well, you know, he had that press conference during the week, which was uh, some people thought was quite controversial when they asked him about his coaching future and because he, he has another year left in his contract. And he said, well, I'm going to do whatever's best for the North Melbourne Football Club. So yeah. if at the end of the year I'm the best person to coach the North Melbourne Football Club, it'll be me. And if at the end of the year I'm not then we'll do that. And I was like, well, that's actually, you've just said what everyone knows is true. Mm. And you've actually said it out loud. And people lost their mind. Yeah. People were like, I shouldn't have put it on the agenda that he was going to. I'm like, he didn't. He literally just described an accurate summation. Logical. It's like you, it's like if I signed a radio contract, right? You sign a two-year radio contract. It doesn't mean you're going to do the fucking job for two years. Mm. It means at the end of the year, uh, you'll look at your life and the radio station will look at their life. And if they don't match together, you'll come to some sort of arrangement and you'll be replaced by Lima. Well, obviously, the, <laughs> the, the question is, are you the right man for the job considering they haven't won the games? And I would say yes. I would say they got rid of a bunch of senior players that were all capable of going around again. Did you see Nick Del Santo on 360 this week? We're saying that even though... He wanted to keep playing. He knows that it was the right decision for him to be let go because he said they have to get games into younger younger players. And he's gone. This short term pain they're going to get from this period is going to pay off eventually. Now, if you're a North- well, the thing that they've proved is that like because because well, Boomer and yeah. Nick and you know a few of those other guys probably would have got games this season. Yeah, but it would have definitely. been doing them no good. Yeah, because the, yeah, they're at that point in their evolution, and that's the thing that Hawthorne and these sort of teams are going to have to look at as well. Which is, is having these senior players around good? It, it probably is for a while when you've got the young guys coming through to have all that experience and stuff. Yeah, but after a while, like Boomer Harvey is still getting games, but he's getting those games at the expense of the kid who might actually play in your next final series or premiership. And the other thing is, it's it's North Melbourne. Like who at the start of the season picked North Melbourne? to be barnstorming into the finals. I think most people picked him to either drop out of the eight or at least sort of stagnate at the bottom end of the eight. So them losing five games is, you know, no... Should, it should be less of a story than Sydney and Hawthorne not winning their first four or five games. Well, the other thing is that North Melbourne have been close. North Melbourne probably should have beaten the Bulldogs. And, you know, North Melbourne could have easily won this game. Mm. And then suddenly you're looking at a very different season. You yeah. know, they've got some good new players. Yeah. 
that, you know, that kid who wears the headband. Ben. That kid who wears the headband who doesn't need to. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Ben Brown, though, now... Needs the headband. And, no, he wears a headband sometimes. Yep. But, come on. Are you like, coming back to his how, hair? Yeah. Do you think... What is it? I mean, how long, how long will that last? This has been Here's a constant the theme of yours. Every... Well, look... I believe in a short back and sides. You do. <laughs> no, it's not that. But I'll, here's the thing I'll say about most footballers, apart from, say, like Tommy Alvin, is all of them start with crazy haircuts, and then in their last five to six years, they all settle down and get, like, normal haircuts. Like, Brereton got, like, a normal haircut. They all get normal haircuts. So just get the normal haircut and, and move on, because you're not going to keep that hair for the rest of your career. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. There is sort of a point where you come back with the, you know, where Daisy Thomas came back with the, yeah, the short back and sides. Mate. Never been the same player since, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> Grow your hair back, Daisy. You know, in the fucking late 90s, we were all wearing like tracksuit tops and jeans with fucking Manchester haircuts. I understood that that was like going to be for a limited time only. I decided I'll move into the next phase of my life. Someone needs to go to Ben Brown and say, okay, you've got the wolf mother going on. Oh, maybe Ben Brown's gone this. I, I, I refer to this as the Sideshow Bob, and he's been a consistent and hilarious feature in The Simpsons for about 20 years now. Yeah, right. So who's had a longer and more distinguished career than Sideshow Bob, mate? This is a good look. He will, Or he could do the Max Gorn thing, and he could auction it off for charity. Well, that's that tends to be where it goes, right? Yeah. We can talk about Gordy's beard here. Did you see the pictures of Max Gorn yeah. without his beard? Don't like it. Grow up back, Max. Yeah. He's got a face like... Yeah. He's got a face... One that should be covered with hair. Well, no, lots and lots he, of hair. His face is so round, he looks like an emoticon. It, it's, he's too big. Like, his face is too round for how big he is. Yeah. You know, he's like... There's this thing in the eye. Kind of looks a bit like that giant um, worm thing from Neverending Story. <laughs> that, that giant kind of worm thing that sneezes. That's what he looks like without his beard. I mean, you're, so you're right, though. That's what he looks like. It's not a good look for him. He looks like, you know, he looks it's a turtle. Like, sorry, not a worm. Yeah, he looks like a. I mean, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, who a was, turtle. Uh, he looks like a turtle. No, what, what was the, the that little? Oh, Noddy. Noddy and Big Ears. Yes. Do you remember like the policeman in Noddy and Big Ears? Oh, I got baby. He looked like Stephen Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We're all in the same vicinity. It's that little round head thing. <laughs> Yeah, he's a wooden soldier. That's what he is. He has the face of a wooden soldier. Yeah, no, get the beard back, Maxie. Yeah. No, it's good, though. He shaved it off for charity. And so yeah. Ben Brown could definitely do the same thing. I just, I mean, it looks great in flight, and he is a big mark and player, to, so he seems streaming out of the forward line. But I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back from next year's preseason with, like, a short back and side. Okay, let's talk about some of the big names in the game who have the big haircuts that might go that way. Nat Fife, is he going to stick with the Nat Fife? Oh, or yeah, no, he'll stick Do with you that. see him at some stage coming back? Like like that scene from Thor uh, Ragnarok, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the preview, where you see Thor with the short back and sides, and you're just like, oh, my God. God, Chris Hemsworth even cooler than Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Fife will maintain that hair for a while. Dyson Heppel. Heppel? No, does Heppel that'll, keep that'll the hair? Change, or no. does that have to change? Of course it has to change. I mean, who knows what trendy haircuts are going to be in vogue in five yeah, years. Yeah, but I don't think Dyson Heppel's hair's ever been trendy. I think that's like a... I mean, again, that sort of falls into the, the Cam Guthrie hair as well. Like, you know, we were discussing last week, is it dreads? Is it just messy? What's going on? Is Dyson Heppel's like mini dreads, half dreads, semi yeah. dreads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're dreadish. They're dreadish, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, look. Do you remember when Peter Everett, Spider Everett, had dreads yeah. for a long time, but he had more of the Stevie Wonder. 
Like, look like cornrows almost. Yeah, no, he looked like he was like uh, in some sort of like you know early two thousands sort of like um, a new metal. New metal. That's that's what it was. That's what he looked like. He had a real new metal look, like he was playing bass for like. Yeah, uh, you're you're in a band that has turntables and guitars. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Lincoln Park. <laughs> uh, we where's your game on the weekend? Lincoln Park. <laughs> The Lincoln Park New Medals. <laughs> um, all right. Next uh, game. So the next game was uh, St Kilda playing uh, Geelong. Now, this was my lock of the week, and yep. I was feeling pretty good about this lock right up until three-quarter time. This was a really close game until three-quarter time. Fucking great game. It was actually, you know, I, objectively, I would imagine watching this, because it was just high-scoring, free-flowing, you know, not a lot of misses. They were all kicking pretty accurately in the first three quarters. And then... After three-quarter time, the thing that happened is my great fear about the Saints is that Dangerwood went into action. And Alan Richardson came out this week and when explaining what happened, how could we sort of stay with these guys for three quarters and then just disappear in the last quarter? He said, well, you know, we felt that... Because people were crit- critical of him not putting someone to, to Selwood. And he was like, yeah, but we're going head-to-head with Selwood and we're leading by, you know, six points. So we figured it was fine. What we expected to happen was when their top players stepped up, our top players would step up. But it didn't happen. And I fear that we have one genuine midfield star, which is Jack Stephen. He was incredible. 21 touches in the first half. Like, he's so important to our team. And then we've got, like, Seb Ross, who's, like, an accumulator, who's coming about. But Armo's not there. Luke Dunstan's just been dropped this week. We are... Definitely one player short. Maybe if Jack Stephen wasn't coming back from a punctured lung, he could have gone to a next level in that last quarter. But w- we feel, in my in my view, that we are a superstar midfielder short. Yeah. And you were playing a team that has two superstar two midfielders. superstar midfielders. I mean, fucking Patrick Dangerfield in the last quarter decided to just switch it on, and it's like, oh yeah, that's why you're the best player in the league. Yeah, except that maybe he's not on days where he has to play with Joel Selwood. Because Joel Selwood, like... 42 touches, I think it and was. And like 30 in the second half. Yeah. And, you know, hard touches. Contested. Yeah. Like, you kind of forget... I mean, everyone talks about Dangerwood, but sometimes it should be Selfield. Because, like, sometimes you got to realise that, like, if you were... It's like Lennon and McCartney. Yeah. Or McCartney and Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say. It right? is really one of those songs where you're like, I love when they do stuff together, but yeah. I buy both their solo albums. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I just don't know. I think St Kilda, maybe it's coming, we're coming out of a phase of like the Nick Revolt. We came out of an era where we had lots of superstars. We had like Brendan Goddard, Nick Del Santo, Nick Revolt. And I think maybe some of those players in that crossover period of the mentality of, oh, well, someone will take care of it. Like, we just need to hang in there. Someone will take care of it. Where I think they need to transition into shit. We need to take the reins here. So I think this work will be interesting to see how we respond because we they haven't beaten us in two years. We were with them until three-quarter time and then the only difference I can see in that last quarter was that no one took responsibility for taking the game on. You know, it, they just sort of went into their shells. Uh, uh, is there any chance they all had punctured lungs just in sympathy? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Everyone's got a knitting needle yeah. out. Just go, hey, guys, but yeah, put your knitting needles out for Jack. Uh, and so we should come to the umpiring incident that okay. we, uh, we, yes. we, 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 we sort of just we gave a little sizzle. Earlier. Yeah, exactly. A bit of forward sell. So, uh, in a marking contest, Joey, uh, pushed a play under the ball and had a free kick played against him. Yes. And so, uh, Geelong played on with the ball. And as Joey was running past the umpire, 
He said something to the umpire, yes. which the umpire didn't like. He blew his whistle, brought the ball back and paid 50. 50 meters. And as they're jogging out... For offensive language. The umpire... Joey's like, what did I do wrong? And the umpire said, you called me a soft C. And Joey said, no! Soft bump! I said soft bump! <laughs> he said... Because what he'd actually said was, that was a soft bump. And the umpire had heard, you're a soft cunt. <laughs> and... I understand how, like, if you're an umpire, I imagine that your hackles are already up. You're probably overly sensitive to the fact that somebody might be having a go, right? So, it's loud out there in the middle of the ground. You're playing a game. Yeah. First... Firstly, is Joey the sort of person who's calling people soft cunts? No. It felt like out of character. I, yeah. th- I thought you'd make a character assessment in the oh, moment ago. If it was Dane Swan. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, you know, yeah. if it was Dustin Martin, you'd be like, yeah, no, he definitely called me a soft cunt. And I'll say, yes, Mr. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Free kick Richmond. <laughs> but the best bit about it was when Joey explained himself to yeah. the umpire. The, he saw this look on the umpire's face, which is like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so he's gone, Joey, if I misheard, I apologize. And Joey's like, apologize, it just cost us 50. Yeah. And that was a goal. We just missed an easy goal in front. So it was like a 12-point turnaround. It was, as much as it smarted, I'm like, that's a great bit of Australian TV right there. I was gripped. I mean, do you think, Charlie, that we could go a step further? I mean, obviously, at the moment, we have the goal review. But in instances like this... Oh, yeah. The swear review? Should you be able to go to the tapes? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the audio tapes. Yeah. Should they be able to rewind? And look, here's the thing. Incidents like this only happen... Can you imagine that? A player thinks they've been called a soft cunt. You see him stop and just do... Not a big square like they do for the goal review. Yeah. It's just a little square around their mouth. Mouth. Just like a replay. Yeah. If you go back on the day, uh, they wind it back and when they slow it down, then it feels like they're saying yeah. it really slowly. <laughs> and the best bit is the commentators are trying to interpret what's going on. It's like, oh, he's definitely mouthing it. That's an F. Fuck uh, you, yeah. cunt. Uh, yeah, he's out. that looks like a fuck you, cunt. That looks like a C. That looks like a C. I'm gonna, are you, you reckon it's a B? Oh, there's a bit of debate here in the box or in the cocks. We're not sure at the moment. <laughs> We'll go back to the tapes, rewind it. Here's the thing. You can't have that every week and we interview with the flow of the game, right? Yeah. But what about the idea that, say, once per season, you just have a wild card that you can use to review some moment? Because we all have a moment in the season that people go, well, that, you know, that deliberate out of bounds, that, you you know, thinking that I hadn't said soft bump, that moment that we need to review that moment in the season. Is there a chance that you could then just play your wild card? So it, you, maybe you hold on to it until like round yeah. 22, but you've got to play it in the season at some stage. Does it have to happen during the game or can it be stuff external to the game itself? Like You get one for in-game and one for out-game. Two per season. You know, like a player gets uh, 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 arrested because he's fallen asleep outside a nightclub in Melbourne or something. Can yeah. you go to like wild a card. CCTV replay? Yeah. I mean, if you've saved it, maybe you can get one of your guys off drug charges. <laughs> We kept our wild card. Luckily. Yeah. <laughs> the bad news is one of the boys has tested positive for recreational drugs. The good news is we're wild card. Yeah, Geelong look the goods though, don't they? Geelong yeah. Adelaide will be a fucking great game. Yeah, Geelong, you know, it's that thing that everybody says about Geelong that of course, you know, they're, you know, their best players are substantially better than the rest of their team. But on the other hand, 
their best players are substantially better than the rest of their team and the rest of their team's actually pretty good. Yeah. I think we've been judging the rest of their team because they're not superstars like Selwood and Dangerfield, but there are rare, very rare players in the game. They who are. have a good uh they have a they have a good even spread of contributors. And the way they play the game is a bit like the Bulldogs in the sense that there's something like 10 utilities in that team. So they all move around from defense to midfield to attack and it means they get great coverage wherever they are. Yeah, they, they and they've said that. Like they're handballing more, Dangerfield's handballing more, they're trying to like, you know, play that game more and you know, not only have they copied the Bulldogs, but they've copied them really well. Uh, the only upside of that that I can see is uh, Geelong were the team that we couldn't beat last year, so maybe we can beat them when they're playing like us because we couldn't beat them when they were playing like them. So if they could try something else, that'd be really good. Um, all right, the next game of the weekend. Uh, now, this is where um, shit got real. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, uh, it's sad that our producer, Mike Hall, isn't in on uh, this episode today uh, because he got his first win of the season as a Hawthorne fan. As Hawthorne, 19 goals, 11, so 30 scoring shots, 125 pummeled the West Coast Eagle Eagles at the MCG, 11-9-75. Uh, great day for Hawthorne or terrible day for West Coast or both? Nah, no. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that it was as big a story as it was. I mean, I've said this, West Coast are no good. West Coast are no good. You have good. said that. I will say, uh, in your defence, you have said it. Yeah. There's... Oh, by the way, <laughs> we've had a bit of feedback from our West... Apparently, Western Australian listeners to this podcast feel... West Coast supporters specifically feel a little kind of uh, aggrieved that yeah. we always have got their team. But when we put it out to you guys, who is the spiritual leader of your club? Somebody wrote to me, Sharon Wellingham. <laughs> That's bullshit, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I think they were joking, <laughs> yeah. but it was one of those ones where you're like, I'm pretty sure you're joking, but you're also making the point that I was making. I got two Shannon Hearns, yeah, two. a lot of we don't knows, no. and one person saying, well, every time there's a publicity event, they send Nick Nanui. Yeah. I'm like, look, the face of your club is not the spiritual leader, and I think this is indicative of the problem with West Coast right. at the moment. They have no spiritual leader. Their spiritual leader is the flat track that they bully people on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just no good at the MCG. Oh, but that's fucking bullshit. I think they're just... I don't know that that they're that good at Subiaco either. Like I think they play at an average an average level, which is amplified when they're at the MCG. But they are not. It's not like they're playing dynamic footy where they'll destroy you at home anymore. The wins they've had in Subiaco this year haven't been that impressive. Do you think it might be the media bubble? Because we always hear about the fact that in Western Australia, you know, like West Coast get pretty good press. You know, it's yeah. their hometown team. Everybody loves the West Coast Eagles. Um, so. Is there a chance that when they get to Victoria, they read the papers and are shocked that people don't like them? <laughs> people don't think they're good. Yeah. Maybe when they get up in Western Australia and they read the paper on the way to the game, just, just... it says the West Coast will probably win by heaps. And then they get to Melbourne and there's all these people going, oh, that guy played at the MCG. And they're like, hang on, people don't like us. <laughs> when you go into the, tr- uh, when you go into the team bus that takes them to the ground, all you just see is like pages of emo poetry. <laughs> Just written down. They go no one likes us. You'd all be sad if we fucking weren't here, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Not really. No, mate. No. Not at all. 13 reasons why. <laughs> the West Coast Eagles, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't feel this is a surprising result. Hawthorne are bound to get their shit together sooner or later. Is this an indication that Hawthorne are back, or is this this aging champion who, on their day, will They're still be able to do game. this? But Exactly. But- exactly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished the year with, you know, 10 wins. 
just enough to fuck up St Kilda's first round draft pick. Oh, fuck, I don't care. Pick 10 would be all right. Pick 10 would be all right. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so um, Hawthorne uh, may be back. Cyril's out this week, though, so that'll make it harder for them again. Um, Sam Mitchell, though, you got that's the one thing you got to say is like, for all the talk about Mitchell and Lewis... Well, the spiritual leader of West Coast. Yeah. Um, uh, Tom Mitchell, and maybe this is the other thing, is if you're looking at how bad Sydney are going, you've got to look at how good Mitchell's going at Hawthorne. Yeah. Like, he has, regardless of how they have played this season, the one person you couldn't complain about is the fact that Tom Mitchell has gone about his business. And maybe Sydney are missing that from his system, and maybe he's been a little undervalued, I think. Mm. Um, all right. Uh, so Monday. Monday. Now. The mighty goal. Oh, this was like an amazing... I watched this. It was the day after the Comedy Festival. Uh, I was in Melbourne, and um, uh, I, I was going to drive back to Sydney the next day, and uh, I was in a little Airbnb I'd had. It was just me and the dogs, and uh, I was pretty tired, you know, big last weekend of the festival and stuff. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll watch the first half, and then I'll see. And then I sat down... And I tuned in. And firstly, the fact it was a miserable night in Melbourne that night and there was 85,000 people there or something ridiculous like that. It's the most underestimated crowd because the AFL always do an estimate of what they think the crowd is and they're always pretty accurate within a couple of thousand so they can just catering and all those sort of things. They can really extrapolate the figures, but they they really missed it by like 15,000 or something of what they thought it was going to be. The turnout was amazing. The atmosphere at night watching that game, all the Anzac... Uh, commemorations, you know, um, all that stuff I just thought was so brilliantly done. The atmosphere there was electric and it was a fucking great game great of football. Game. Great game. And I just, I love that this fucking bandwagon is raging. And then Jack Reaver, I thought it was over at halftime. Did you think it was over? I was like, because Melbourne, no. were, cause Melbourne no. were dominating, but they could not score. I feel like Melbourne have got wobbly wheels at the moment. I feel like they're just, they're like, they're just it's not clicking. I think they've been uh, rattled by injuries and suspensions and other stuff outside the club, and I just don't reckon they have it together. Whereas Richmond are getting that fucking... That bandwagon is rolling. And the funny thing is... Every Richmond supporter you talk to anecdotally is trying so hard to keep a lid on it. Like they are splaying themselves on top of the lid, trying to hold it to the pot because they will not allow any little bit of excitement to come out. But what I'm saying to you, Richmond fans, is let a little bit out. Just a little bit out. Because it's fucking exciting. Jack Revolt, don't you reckon? Mate, don't keep a lid on it. That's not the Richmond way. <laughs> Throw the lids out. Where you're going, we do not like lids. We don't want any lids. You didn't like lids. You sent yeah. him the fucking GWS. You traded him. That's how much you like lids. You got rid of your one lid so you could have the lid off. I reckon the lid's got to come off. I reckon this... The whole football world is loving this. And don't you reckon... Loving J- it. Jack Revolt is kind of like the epitome of Richmond... Sort of like a confidence player. When he's up and about, there's nothing better than seeing a fucking strutting Jack Revolt. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Like, two of the most entertaining forwards of the past fucking 12 years have been the Revolts. They're like, oh yeah, that's right, they're cousins. But you forget, right? You don't really ever put them in the same bracket because Nick's such a kind of like ultra-professional Nathan Buckley-esque type footballer. Whereas Jack is the fucking showman, you know what I mean? Cocky strutting around like an like an eighties like a like a villain from an eighties film, like he knots his sweat around his neck, giving nerds wedgies and shit. I think part of the problem with Jack, because I like him when he's on footy panel shows and stuff, he seems very entertaining. But I think part of the problem is, you know how people talk about resting bitch face? <laughs> He has, he, he has, does. He he's has. got a resting, you know who he looks like? The Shermanator from yeah. American Pie. He's got resting fuck face. 
like every time he kicks a goal or celebrates, he he always looks like a fuckwit. Yeah. You go, oh, I hate that guy. I don't. Though, I, I love like it. him. No, but I mean, I like him. But and don't I like you love him. the way he celebrates? Like it just means so much to him. Like you just know, out of all those fucking um, horrible testimonials in the in the head surfing. Uh, uh, in the head surfing promos, the Jack Revolt one is one that I actually like. Where right. he talks about Brendan Goddard's got a good break across with his fringe. It's yeah. a good way to left the rider. <laughs> He's the only one who got the concept, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's brought some of his own material. Everybody else didn't understand. Um, it was exciting, and it's just great. Like I, we half tease Richmond, but I like Richmond. I genuinely. I'm happy for their success. I oh, think yeah. And Tim, I mean, to see how wrapped um, Hardwick was he at the end fucking, of the game. People forget quickly, he had a sh- like a shocking year last year where yeah. he was really... Oh, people, the blow, he w- the blowtorch put on him. If they had started the way that Collingwood have started, that everyone oh, yeah, would be yeah. talking about the fact that he's going to lose his job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do you remember last Let year when he it. did the one step, for- one step back, two steps forward thing? Yeah. And everyone was like, what are you doing? You're insane. It's like, well, I kind of feel like that's where, where North Melbourne are this year. North Melbourne could be Richmond next year if they, you know, have luck at the trade table or whatever. You've just got to, you've got to have a smart coach who realizes that sometimes you've got to offload some people, you've got to just shuffle things about. But now nah, they're good. They're a good team. Like they've actually, they seem to have improved. Their midfield now is really solid. I don't know if they're a good team. You yet. don't think? No, I'm enjoying it. But don't get me wrong. I would love nothing more. Like, I mean, you see, the AFL are only 8,000 down this round on the biggest ever attendance at the AFL. And part of that's because Richmond's back. Oh, yeah. You know, when Richmond's up and about, there's nothing you love more than being at the footy, you know? Yeah, it's, it's true. It's so much fun. Yeah. And I love... You know what it is? Because they are a superstar club that have the same mentality as the clubs that you and I barrack for. They're like... They're like local boy made good you know what I mean they come from they have the same fucking neuroses and self-loathing and stuff yet they also have this amazing fucking history of how many flags they won or whatever and so I, I can get behind that you know what I mean they're not like a Collingwood or a Hawthorne or a West Coast who Essendon who just breed and arrogance and just like drip with that kind of like unlikable, you know, monolith kind of footy club. They've got personality. Well, I mean, again, they also have that thing of like, you know, they haven't really done anything substantial against anybody's team in the last yeah. 20 or 30 years. So we all have kind of a nice fondness for Richmond. And because it's so funny. They are, though. It's so funny. It was such, I mean, it's been such a great season for Richmond. Richo's having a baby. Yeah. Like, you know, Jack Rewald's back kicking goals. Cochin's playing well. Rioli. Rioli's great. Like, he is one of those brilliant players where you like, you know, he'd only had six touches in the third quarter and you were like... What a fucking family, by the way. <laughs> the Riolis. Like, insane. Again... I, I, it came up a couple of weeks ago that you can only name fucking Greg Anderson as like the one good Anderson who's ever played AFL fucking football. But I can name 50 Riolis. And they're all fucking good. I mean, I forgot about Dean Rioli. And it's like, that's right. He was a good player as well. Oh, just get a, just get a Rioli. Just <laughs> yeah, in the draft. Yeah. Just go through. Yeah. Immediately flick through to R. Well, they normally call good midfielders Rolls Royces. Yeah. Maybe there should be Riolis Royces. Yeah. Uh, he's a real Riolis Royce. Do you mean Rolls Royce? No, no, no. no, no. Rioli's Royce. Rioli's Royce. That's his name, actually. Royce Rioli. <laughs> you take, you take Royce Hart and Cyril or Morris Rioli. <laughs> and a little, little heart. <laughs> And a little pinch of Riolis. <laughs> weird science. The AFL weird science. You and I are going to stay up tonight with bras on our heads, creating the perfect player in our computers. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, Riolis Royce. 
you got to know your Rioli and play your Rioli. Uh, no, that's exciting. It's an exciting game. Uh, Melbourne, yeah, fuck, who knows? I think I thought Melbourne were pretty good. I actually thought that their midfield and across the ground, they were getting... They were they'll doing be, really, really well. They'll they, be, they'll be they'll, once they get their full list back. No fine, ruck, man. But... Jack Watts was having to play in the ruck. They were two players injured. I, you'd argue that if Melbourne had uh, not had those injured players, that they would have been able to hold on to that oh, lead definitely. in the final quarter. So, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot. To, but they're going to still have another couple of tough weeks. I mean, they're without Ruckman for a while now. And, you know, uh, Six weeks Hogan's think, out Sinclair. this week, obviously, for yeah. compassionate leave. And, yeah, they're going to... But I, that... Uh, What's his name? The redhead Clayton, Clayton Oliver. Oliver, gun. Eighteen games he's played. He's no, he's yeah. fourth on the coaches' votes. See, that's what you fucking want. They've got a team he, like Petrarca and Oliver and Viney. Like that's going to be a fucking super midfield. He's just one of those guys where he hits packs at full pace. Like he kind of. He, what I like about him is like I was looking at his head the other night and I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> it's like I was like, you don't look like a modern day person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean like? He looks like he's from a different era. Not even that. He looks like a cartoon from a different era. Yeah, he does. <laughs> a wood carving from a different era. <laughs> right. Yeah, like a cartoon from a different era. And he, like, doesn't look like a footballer still. And even the way he stands around, sometimes he, like, he's like, is he just lingering around the pack really puffed or really, like, whatever? And, and then, then he suddenly explodes. he just explodes through it. And he's hard as... Like, he'll just run into a pack. Hard of, as a cat's head? Is that what you were looking for? He was made... He's made of cat's head. He's 100% cat's head. And they've just glued some red hair on the top. Like, he'll run into a pack of eight people and just come out with the ball. He's fantastic, I reckon. Yeah, he's a good player. I'm a big fan of his. Um, all right. Last uh, game. To finish off the round Anzac was the, Day the Anzac Day Clash. Essendon played Collingwood at the MCG. Um, I listened to this one on the radio. Yeah, it was all right. It's entertaining. But after sort of round about the early part of the third quarter, you felt like Essendon were going to get away with it. Um, Joe Danaher. I think that's the first like full game I've seen with Joe Danaher and a press conference, and I think his head has gotten bigger. Yeah. Now, this concerns me, Will. Why? Well, look, I don't want to cast aspersions on a club, but Essendon have a history. Right. Suddenly, Joe Danaher's head gets a lot bigger in the space of like six months uh-huh. in the off-season. Suspicious. Suspicious, right? right? I mean, what is the growth? I mean, the human skull can't grow that quickly, can no. it? Where would Essendon find some human growth hormones <laughs> just laying around? <laughs> or Botox. In fact, they go to the same place. Literally, you could go to the same place. He's got fillers. It's like, it's fine. It's just fillers. Just fillers. It's just fillers. Not, not illegal. It's fine. Uh, he was fucking awesome. Uh, well, you know, the great thing is they gave him the Anzac Day medal while they can still fit it over his head. Because <laughs> if it keeps growing season by season at this rate, it's going to block out the sun. All games, the grand final will be a night match just because Joe Danaher's head will be so big it blocks out all light. Um, he, well, he did that great thing of, he showed that like when he was outside 50 and he kicks like that and he's yeah. not thinking about it. Don't you reckon him? He's and, got all the skills. Him and Hipwood have the same kind of gangly, yeah. um, Dustin Fletcher type frame, where it's like you know they're uh, uh, they're they're super agile and stuff. And then outside fifty, it's like well, might not kick straight, but he'll definitely make the distance. Yeah, and he kicks straight from yeah. outside there. In fact, I think he probably kicks straighter than inside because. He doesn't really expect... Did you see the bloody... That one he bombed from the centre square? Did you see he did this little hand twirl yeah. afterwards? I was like, I don't know about that, Joe. What? <laughs> what not enough? I think you need, much? Did well, you... I think you need a celebration coach down at uh, Windy Hill. Did um, you feel like it, it was... It was not... It, it felt... He it didn't commit to it enough. It didn't feel... Like, if you're Acker, 
Yeah. You got away with doing that kind of shit, you know? It didn't feel like he committed 100%. I don't know if maybe he wasn't expecting to do it or whatever, but it's like, if you're going to be that player, if you're going to be that lair, the guy who really, like, celebrates a goal, then you've got to go all the way in. I want to see some full fucking calisthenics going on. I feel like this is the Joe... I Dan- want to see the YMCA happening. I feel like this is the Joe Danaher way, though. I feel like he eases himself into things, you know? It seems like an easygoing guy. Yeah, and I feel like he's a guy who doesn't want to... Like, he understands that that was a big moment, and he understands the thing you do in that moment is celebrate. Yeah. It's good. It revs up the crowd. It revs up your teammates, right? There's a role to it. Yeah. But he, he's not the guy who naturally goes there. So it's his kind of first foray into going... Because, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty simple move, too. Fingers in the air, you yeah, know, round yeah. in a circle. That's your sort of basic celebration. It's not a he's handstand, not... is it? No, he's not. <laughs> I feel like in the same way as he's been easing his head into AFL, he also, <laughs> in celebrations, he starts with small circles, yeah, yeah, yeah. but a couple of seasons from now, the circles yeah. will gradually just be get doing bigger. The capoeira. <laughs> By 20, 2019, he'll just be doing fucking spin kicks. In the 2019 the grand final, Joe Danaher kicks 12s and celebrates by doing Capanera. Uh, your other favourite player, McDonald, Tip and Woody. Oh, Tippy, how good is he? Shit, man. How good is he? He's so great. Someone actually made the comparison that didn't even occur to me, but makes so much sense. He's like Cyril. Like the fucking chase down, the pressure. He doesn't take the marks like Cyril, but... He's the kind of player who, when the ball's on the deck oh. and it's a 50-50, you're just like, whoa, something's going to happen here. He's got that low center of gravity and he just moves in that Closing way. speed. You know what he, again, in no way do I mean this to be offensive, but it'll probably sound that oh, way. God, here we go. Um, he reminds me of one of those um, like uh, cleaners you can get for your pool that are kind of those robot things that are down the bottom and they just bounce a, off a things. Cre- creeper crawl. A creeper crawl. <laughs> Like, that does sound it does sound offensive I'll he, be honest with you he plays football like a creepy crawly though because he kind of moves just in that way that he kind of always feels like he's just kind of hovering around and can kind of go in well he's a fucking prime candidate for hair cut like what yeah. is Tip and Woody going to keep that hair nah, cut that, yeah that's his I signature say, look you don't think so you think oh, that's his signature look Tip and Woody yeah Tippy with his so. he's a cult figure has Nick Nui's hair changed in the entire time? It's always oh, it's been the pretty, same pretty kind of... similar, I reckon. Yeah, which is sort of like a kind of... It's not quite dready, but it's that sort of palm tree kind yeah. of look thing going on, right? So I guess so. It just seems like too much hair for a midfielder. I would be worried. He's a small forward. Do you remember there was that game in the 80s where Tommy Alvin got tackled by the hair? Do you remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. If I was a midfielder for small forward who had long dreads like Tip and Woody, I would be worried that that's something that someone could grab onto. Well, I guess it's got to protect the head, though, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why, pe- that's why people can have these haircuts these days. <laughs> that's right. They protect above the neck. If you want to get more haircuts, then just fucking take away the protect the head rule. Plus, the hair, the head, can you imagine that, 2018? Uh, Gil McLaughlin, uh, the first rule change, the head is fair game. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, you'll get... <laughs> We're going to add six points to your final oh. score if you take a player out above oh, yeah. the shoulders. Tackles are only above the shoulders <laughs> now. No, I think you've gone the opposite direction. People are saying one of the biggest issues in the game right now is concussion, right? <laughs> Obviously, people like Tip and Woody and Ben Brown have extra padding to protect themselves. It's it's like wearing oh, yeah, a helmet. Yeah, 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 You're wearing smart. a hair helmet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tippy's never going to get a concussion if he gets knocked backwards. There's just something about Ben the Brown bounces straight back up. <laughs> the phrase, the hair helmet. Yeah, the hair, <laughs> wearing a hair helmet. Ah, <laughs> uh, Collingwood. So, Collingwood, I mean, look, normally I'd rejoice in this kind of news. Um, I feel like Eddie Maguire, look, we all know Eddie Maguire loves Nathan Buckley. He loves Nathan Buckley and he loves the Collingwood Football Club. He was fucking instrumental in getting Buckley to to Collingwood. He was his captain through their grand final period. 
So, I get it. He said this week on the radio, Nathan Buckley has never let me or Collingwood down. That's what Eddie Maguire said. Yeah. I think he's too close to this one. I mean, what do you do, though? I mean, is Bucks a bad coach? I don't know. Do Collingwood have... It's hard to tell, isn't it? I think Collingwood have a team that should be winning more games than they're winning. I'm not sure that they do. Like, it's not like I look at that team and go, it's full of good players who should be playing better than they are, really. They are a victim of their own notoriety because they are Collingwood. You know, everyone wants to go there. They should... I mean, we joke about every trade period, Collingwood seems to fucking get another gun player to the club. Except they they don't really anymore, do they? Like, I mean, that really... Hawthorne have become that story, you know? Like, it's not like... I mean, they got Trelaw. Yeah. Who is a gun? Yeah, but who who else? It's not like well, if they've that... gone out for a few of those big players. You often hear the stories of how Collingwood, you know, hit up this person or you know got this person down. But fuck, mate, they couldn't get Lin Jong last year. No yeah, disrespect to Lin Jong, who's been great at the Bulldogs, and I'm glad to see he didn't go. But he's no Nat Five, right? Although Nat Five was probably having conversations with Collingwood right now. Yeah, but you know, do you man... think that gets Buckley another year? If they have a middling season where they don't make finals, but they get Nat Five. Do you think people are okay? All right, maybe all this time all we've been missing out on is a triple A player. I think if if Collingwood finish bottom six, which I think they probably will now, um, he's gone. That Buckley's gone, and I think that that might be right. But I don't think that like people need to be talking about whether Buckley should be gone now. Well, because just... it's not like if you brought in like say they brought in Rob Harvey or someone, you know, someone who's had plenty of an time assistant. as an assistant coach and like you know is ready to do this sort of job. That would fucking gut me. Do, Rob but, Har- if Rob Harvey became the senior coach of Collingwood, I think I might cry. But do you really think that Collingwood would be that team that they have right now? That, you know, so right with the list they have right now, and that do you think that Rob Harvey, like what? No, for the rest of the season, say they replace Bob Buckley mid-season. There's not another coach who's going to do better, is there? No. So no. let him coach out his fucking contract. See what it looks like at the end of the year. But that's- if their bottom six. His contract's done and you'll find a new coach. See, this is, and if he's not, he's then you, a, you can a, find someone new. He's in a weird position. Ordinarily, um, you know, when a coach is sort of like struggling, the knives come out and, you know, the supporters will defend or whatever. We're in a position now where the media is actually being quite sympathetic yeah. and circumspect about this and everyone understands that Eddie's very close to Nathan Buckley and he's not going to be humiliated in any way or, you know, pushed or anything like that. But and this, uh, neither should he be. He's no. a legend of the fucking Collingwood Football Club Well, and he's never given anything but good service to them. But the supporters... Hate him. Hate him. <laughs> like, it's kind of strange. It's almost like he's a fo- he's what you'd consider a football elite. Like, yeah. he's a Nat Fife, Nick Revolt, you know, just Definitely. super professional. And I don't know that sits well with your more... Uh, 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 your, your common household variety Collingwood supporter. I well, think elite- Charlie, I've heard whispers that Nathan Buckley lived with two other members <laughs> of the Collingwood club. So, and had hosted the Mad and Monday And hosted party. their Mad Monday once in 2005. So, Well, like, I think, for instance, Dane Swan. Any- Dane, if Dane Swan, okay. I think, sits more comfortably, would engender probably more goodwill than Nathan Buckley. I think they appreciate... Look, I don't even know, I'm not a Collingwood supporter, but my reading of it from Big Footy (laughs) is that Nathan does not, although he's a legend of the club, he does not necessarily necessarily represent the values of that club or he came to that that club as an elite 
footballer, super professional, whereas Collingwood is Collingwood. You know what I mean? Like they have guys like Darren Mullane and Peter Dacos and homegrown kind of... I understand that that is the legend and the yeah the history of Collingwood, but can you do that anymore? No. Like, you know, it wasn't Dane Swan kind of the last of those sort of footballers. Chris Judd is considered like a blues legend. And he did most of his good games at West Coast. Right. Well, he won a brown though at yeah, Carlton. He so, yeah. so he probably had a couple of good seasons there, <laughs> I think. But yeah, but I mean, the other thing is that idea that you can be a Dane Swan. Yeah, it was great in that era. But I don't think that you can be really a Dane Swan even. Like if Dane Swan was starting out now, it'd be hard to see a player with the attitude that Dane Swan has fitting into the AFL system now. Are you maybe Oh, come on. There's got to be. Who would be the daniest Swan player? Well, Dusty Martin, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like, don't know, but like the most more knockabout kind of could be a country footballer. Well, seems to be playing. AFL. I guess what I'm asking you instead is, what system would a, a footballer like that still best fit into? Because if you're down at Carlton, that's not what Brendan Bolton's looking for. Mm. I'm guessing at the Bulldogs, they're not looking. Luke Beveridge wouldn't value someone who's like. I mean, Frio Luke has his own. Frio, that's where you go. Frio, Frio, <laughs> that's where you go. That's the new jingle. Yeah. Um, no, Frio. That's what they yelled at people that at trade week. They just whisper that around people. Well, like, you could argue in a way that Harley Bennell's behavior was kind of Swanee-esque, you know, maybe a bit sort of lax in his professionalism. And, you know, uh, uh, Ross Lyon took him on. Before that, you know, Sydney used to have that rehab reputation. But I think, I think Frio you could go to. Or Alistair Clarkson would probably fucking straighten you out. Well, but here's the thing. Alistair Clarkson took a risk on one... The, oh, uh, Garlet. Yeah, and yeah. that didn't work out. And Harley Bernal, for all, all the other things, hasn't played at Freo. Yeah. So, again, all I'm saying is I'm not sure that there's much room in the system these days for players who are like that. I think we're being... Uh, we're fondly remembering an era that might have mostly passed us by. No, oh, I'm not. I'm saying Collingwood supporters are remembering that period. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. And they identify like, you know, that's the Collingwood way. Because yeah. like, you know, they like Swanee because he looks like the people who barracked for Collingwood. <laughs> you know? And Nathan Buckley didn't, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think it is a dangerous... You're just talking about... <laughs> It's a dangerous thing to coach the team that you play for, I think, because oh, yeah. I think that Buckley would be very fondly remembered as a player, but yeah. at the moment they can't separate the fact that he's a player. Talk to fucking Wayne the... Schimmerbush or Kevin Bartlett. Like, sometimes it's better not to go home. James Hurd. <laughs> yeah, f- Michael Voss. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, yeah. there's a list of them, guys. <laughs> All right, let's move on to um, tonight and the weekend's games. We're hoping yes. you guys are going to get this tonight. Uh, it's what time is it? Uh, it's four thirty now. 4:30, so you so might not get it pre-game. Not, but it'll be. But, uh, listen to it at halftime tonight. Tonight at uh, well, the game starts at seven fifty, so you never. Know. Oh, we got more time. Uh, so uh, GWS uh, at the University of New South Wales ground, but it's in actually Marnica in Canberra. Marnica yep. Oval used to be called. Yeah. Uh, play the Western Bulldogs. So big crowd of fourteen thousand. It'd be packed. Packed 14,000 uh, of the finest. 14,000 who's got turned away from Richmond and Melbourne on Monday night. 14,000 who got turned away from whatever nightclub in Canberra is open after 7.30 on a Friday night. Um, uh, this is one of those games where it... Look, I'm not worried if we get our ass kicked tonight because I think where we're at and where they're at, that's probably the most... accurate. It's probably the most likely of all scenarios to happen. Um I would love if that's not the case. You know, I'd love if, even if we don't win, I'd love if we were, you know, we look genuinely competitive with them. Here's my hope. Here's, if I, if I wanted to paint myself a scenario, because on the form line, there's no way that we should fucking win this game. Um, if I wanted to paint myself a scenario in which this could be a really positive story for us, I reckon it's come right at the right part of the season where we need to be tested by 
a really good team to see where we're at and mm. it'll give us an indication of where we're at. Bulldogs and GWS have a genuine fucking bit of spite between them. Oh, yeah. There's a real... Well, we talked earlier in the podcast about don't fucking tug the tiger's tail. Well, you did that in a prelim last year. So can you imagine how fucking angry they're going to be when they hit the ground with you guys? Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> the things that Heath Shaw's going to call us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the Bulldogs, I think, will want to win. I think we have, because of the fact that, like, not only our ex-captain, but also the guy who was going to be our next captain, the fact that an ex-Bulldogs legend is a coach of the club, the fact that, you know, I think that you know, the GWS think they should have won that game. This is a rivalry for us, and so I think that we will... Roll over and play dead. Well, we may. <laughs> who knows? But The old, the Bulldogs way. Yeah. Maybe if we hide, they won't see us. If we lose, we lose. They're not going to play the fucking grand final at Monica. Um, but um, uh, you're picking. I, look, I, I'm going to pick the Bulldogs just because you know I yeah. should pick the Bulldogs. But uh, if you're following my tips, <laughs> maybe don't go with me on this one. I'll pick the Giants in this game. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Hawthorne on Saturday take on St Kilda. So this is an interesting game. Down in Tassie too, yeah. where we can't fucking win a game. Um, I reckon we'll win this game. Hawks without Rioli. Hawks without Rioli. Who knows? I'm a bit fucking like, I, I, I'm a bit uh, disillusioned with this season. I haven't quite, I saw for three quarters the team that I thought we could be last week and then we just fucking coughed it up. So if we have any, any fucking pride in the jumper, <laughs> and let's be honest, why would you? One flag in 120 <laughs> years. But if I've got any pride in the jumper as we wear it, as it were, as you wear it now, um, I'll pick the Saints. In this It'd be game. great if, like, that someone was making a halftime speech. And <laughs> That's what they like, Boys, if you've got any pride in the jumper, and they're like, "Why would we have, mate? <laughs> I've got pride in myself, my own personal performance. I've got more pride in my fucking hoodie that I wear at home. Mate, I got my pri- rip curl hoodie. Yeah, I've had that for six years, mate. <laughs> Love that hoodie. I've seen some good times in that hoodie. Uh, I've got nothing but disappointment in this jumper. I don't wear it out in public, mate. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to, this is a hard one to pick, to be honest, uh, because Hawthorne, if they play the way they played last week, could probably beat St. Kilda. St. Kilda need to win this. Yes. Like this is, I think, a season defining game for St. Kilda. I think if you don't win this. Interstate against a perennial finalist. Yeah. We have to make a statement. I don't think that St. Kilda have been playing as well as I would like this year, but I'm going to, I'm going to jump on board St. Kilda for this one. And All I think right. this, this is where St. Kilda start to really put it together. Win against Hawthorne. Well, now we're definitely losing. Thanks a lot. You put the moz <laughs> on us for sure. Uh, Carlton play Sydney in Sydney, uh, for oh. Sydney's. Oh, no. It's actually, it's, it, no, it's not. It's at the MCG. Sorry. No. Oh, shit, man. So you know Carlton, what? Carlton Sydney at the MCG. This could be interesting. Saturday. I mean, you just can't. I mean, logic tells you that. Carlton can't win, but fuck, man, Sydney have been beaten from pillar to post this year. Sydney will win this. Okay, Sydney. <laughs> Sydney will win that. That's this is like this is the this start. is their West Coast yeah. Hawthorne. This is the start of their run back. Okay, if Sydney don't win this, they might as well just shut down the club for the season, <laughs> have the rest of it off. Buddy, yeah. send Buddy to Bali, protect his body. You don't want him wasting fourteen like games of his contract in a year where he can't win anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you put you say cotton, to Buddy Cotton Cotton Wool Cotton Wool. Come back round one, fit next yeah. year, mate. Go off and enjoy yourself. It's yeah. been good for the Essendon boys. Go to Vegas. Go and run with the Bulls. Yeah. Spend some time go on the beach. Beard. Yeah, do what you like, mate. Um, but I think Sydney will be okay. Um, uh, Brisbane Lions uh, take on uh, Port Adelaide at the Gabba. It's a pretty hmm. interesting game, right? That'll be an interesting game. 
I mean, Port away from home. Brisbane playing pretty well now. Brisbane playing pretty well. Port, I know, Port were very convincing last week, but against Carlton. Right. Brisbane held sway for two and a half quarters. I reckon Brisbane looked pretty good at the, like, I mean, really, like, I was, I thought the Bulldogs were lucky to get away with that in the end. Brisbane, Brisbane were pretty good. I don't, I feel like Brisbane are due for a win against, like, a, a, a top team. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be this way. No, I mean, either. I, I think Port. Yeah, I think Port too. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Brisbane won. That's one of those games where, and if Brisbane won, you'd be happy to see it. Um, North Melbourne uh, on Saturday take on uh, the Gold Coast Football Club at Etihad Stadium. Now, this is a toss of the coin, I reckon. Yeah, isn't that interesting? No Swallow, no Lindsay Thomas. No. And yeah, that's, I mean. But you're playing the Suns, and who fucking knows who's going to turn up? Yeah. Besides Gaz. I don't know. And North man. Melbourne are due, right? Surely North Melbourne are due. Surely it's the time where, like. Yeah, you know, you're right. I'm going to pick North Melbourne. They're due. Yeah, they are due. I mean, it's hard. No, it's not. It's the Suns. It's North Melbourne. And that's my lock of the week. I'm going to say that Gold Coast are going to win. Whoa. And that's my lock of the week. <laughs> Have we ever had two opposing locks? No. Oh. That's why I went with it. We're at lockerheads. Yeah. I would actually, I would like to see North Melbourne win, but I just get a feeling that maybe they won't. Um, West Coast Eagles take on uh, Fremantle in the... The Derby. What is it? The Derby or the Derby? derby. What do we say? We say Derby. We say Derby. They say Derby. Yeah, I think so. So in the Derby uh, in Western Australia, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Much like the Q Clash. Yeah, much like the Battle of the Bridge. It's it's the poorer cousin to both the Q Clash and the Battle of the Bridge. Yeah, let's be honest. You never know what's going to happen. West Coast not looking great. Fremantle on the way up. Could this be a boil over where Fremantle beat West Coast? I, I stand by my claim that I don't think West Coast are any good. So I reckon Freo will win this. I'm going to say West Coast will bounce back after the well, disgrace of last weekend. The tipping will be much very very interesting. We've been quite diver- diverse in this uh, this round's tips. Okay, um, Essendon uh, take on Melbourne at Etihad Stadium on Sunday. That's another good game. Isn't what a it? great round this yeah. is. Well, it's a close season, you know. That's the yeah. thing. It's, it's unpredictable so far this season. Uh, where are they taking them on? Etihad. Essendon and Melbourne I think Eddie Essendon had. play their home games at the MCG. Uh, some not. at Eddie had, I think. Or okay. maybe all of them at Eddie had. They certainly play some of them at Eddie had. It's a hard game to pick. Uh, I don't know. I'll say Melbourne. I'm going to say Essendon. Oh, this fuck. is really oh, so really, This will be the round where we yeah. look back at our tips and go, oh, shit. Jesse Hogan. I imagine we'll just fuck up as many each. <laughs> Jesse Hogan. Uh, Jesse Hogan uh, out, obviously. Um, I think that'll make a difference. Uh, Lewis is back, though. Um, Essendon. Oh, I just think Essendon after. Uh, oh, gee, there are. So it was a heavy, wet day, and they've had a short break. <sighs> it is a short break. Oh, you're talking me back into Melbourne. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to stick with Essendon. What did I say? Essendon. Did you Essendon. say Essendon? No, I said Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a real great podcast, guys. Uh, Sunday, <laughs> Geelong uh, taking on Collingwood. Literally could not remember your tip from five seconds ago. <laughs> I can never remember when I'm watching the games. Like, often if it's oh, like yeah. a close game, I'm like, do I tweet arrogantly about yeah. this or not? Who did I pick? Yeah. <laughs> um, Geelong and uh, Collingwood at the MCG. Um, Geelong. Geelong, yep. Although Collingwood, backs to the wall, or could oh, you say Bucks to the wall? Yeah, Bucks to the wall. We'll Bucks and Bucks to the wall. But, and Geelong are due a loss. At some stage, Geelong are going to lose. No, I'm going to say Geelong there as well. And then uh, last game of the round is uh, Adelaide taking on Richmond. What a melter! The battle of the undefeated teams. Oh, Top of the God. tables. 
Uh, look. Only one, two teams go in, only one can come out a winner. I know which way you're going to tip, so I'm going to put all my chips on the table and go on for the Tigers. Really? Yeah, I just feel like I need, I feel like I've put some speculative tips in early, and this will be the one, because I know you're going to go Adelaide, so I'm going to go on the Tigers, and this will be the one that'll, that'll pull me back if my speculatives go wrong. I believe that the Adelaide Crows will win this by a lot, <laughs> and that's my other look of the week. Let's see what happens. I just, I think with Richmond, no I'm, Richmond I'm on board. Gonna, this is, you know what? This is okay. The, you know what? I, I still think there'll be better times after here. Sure. Okay. Maybe that's the thing. Is I don't. I yeah. feel like if they win yeah. this game, then we enter a new fucking, um, a new stratosphere of Richmondy of what potentially, they you know, they beat the fucking uh, like the the league favourites. They're six in a row. Will. Oh, can you imagine what will happen when they lose the next game to fucking like Carlton or whoever it is? Oh, don't get don't get me wrong. You I would it. love nothing more for the story for the build up, but I feel like you know, in your sort of traditional story narrative, yeah, you got to have a couple of setbacks along the way. Of it course. can't all just be build up and then drop. Well. I would like to think I'm I'm barracking for the story. Uh, not the story. I'm barracking in this for the emotion. I, I am I'm enjoying this emotive rise of Richmond. Yeah, but there, there, is, only... there is part of you that won't fully enjoy it unless there's a fall as well. Exactly. At the moment, it's like you're sitting in your house and you've heard someone slam on their brakes yeah. and the car screech along the road. And I'm uh... Oh, but yeah, yeah. disappointing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not going to be quite as good yeah. unless you hear the crash at the end as well. Is it? Like exactly. Um, I don't think this will be a crash, although it could be. We could get a like a nice little Richmondy mid-season moment. You know, that we've got all this build-up about how good they are, and they could have one of those go over to the Adelaide Oval, te- uh, Cochin picks the wrong way, kicks into the Alex Rance on Tex bang. Walker will be fucking awesome to watch. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Unfortunately, Adelaide also have five other good forwards. Yeah, and Jenkins is back yeah. from his non-injury. Yeah, which it turns out probably was an injury, <laughs> even though no one knows what it was. It was bad enough that he was out for a fucking month, so <laughs> something wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I just can't see Adelaide losing this game. I just think that they I are. can't either, but I just I can't see Adelaide. By the way, I can't see Adelaide at this stage losing ever again in the history of football yeah. until all these it's players true. die. So the way they're going at the moment, like they just feel unstoppable. I just I just uh like a like a player head surfing for the first time, Will, yeah. I just don't want this ride to end. Woo! <laughs> you! you! Oh, God. Oh, dear God. All right. Um, yeah, if you like this podcast or if you've made it this far into this podcast, <laughs> well uh, done. congratulations. Your standards are reasonably low. And we appreciate that. If you could tell other people whose standards are also low, um, that they might enjoy the podcast and spread the word, that's always really helpful. And obviously, if you are somewhere where you, if you could rate it on iTunes or, you know, do any of those sort of things, pass it around, that helps get it out to more people. And it's been fun to actually get to do one in the in the same room. And if you want to ask us a question yep. uh, on Twitter, you can hashtag it two guys, one cup. That's the number two, the word guys, the number one, the word cup. Uh, Could and- not be more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> we'll chore through it, but uh, we want more feedback from you guys. We like it when you guys ask us questions and bring up whispers from the West. I or, mean, I love a whisper. Queensland and stuff. If you've got a whisper, yeah, whisper it our way. Hashtag it two guys, one cup. And, and hashtag whisper. And make it good. And, yep. and you know, Fairly substantiated. We don't just want wild rumours. No, we want, yeah, we want, like, one person away. Yeah, exactly. If you're the brother or sister or of a flatmate or a friend, we like that. Um, if anyone has any information on uh, 
when the 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 club stopped drinking alcohol, and oh, when yeah. your club stopped drinking alcohol, if anyone has perhaps you know you might have like a you know post game sort of photo or like a memory or whatever where you can clearly identify that they were drinking alcohol. <laughs> um, you might know a player from those sort of eras that perhaps yeah. you could maybe you could ask people from various different eras, kind of like yeah you know, yeah. If you, you run into a Chris Judd type, you can go, Juddy, at any stage in your career, was there beers in the room? Yeah. You know, okay, we can go back from Judd, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, work yeah. our way back, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I'd really like to follow that, that up could be this. That could be this year's sock gate. I mean, we still haven't cleared up, you know, uniform issues around the league. I feel like they're getting increasingly complicated, <laughs> but... And there was different in the women's league to the men's league, but yeah, let's not get bogged no. down in the, the, the details there. Um, uh, and well, other than that, that's pretty much it. Oh, you, if you want to support, help support the podcast, um, uh, we have a Patreon page for our other podcast, Tofop, but it's really just for all the things Goes that we us. do. Yep. Um, and that's, uh, patreon.com slash Tofop. Is that's that right. how it works? Yeah. And you can donate, uh, anything from a, a dollar up to, uh, well, uh, we have a salary cap at um, four billion. So yeah, so as long as it's under four billion, yeah. um, uh, there are little various uh, treats. Uh, James Fosdyke, the brilliant artist, does um, a uh, fortnightly strip. three panel three panel strip comic book strip, um, and it's uh, absolutely brilliant. And uh, it's worth the he price just whips of admission alone. Just whips it up. Doesn't take him long. Takes him just a minute, <laughs> and uh, it's always three panels. And it's not very elaborate at all. Um, anyway, all right. That's it. So yeah. we say uh, play on, not 15. Oh, uh, ball. We are two guys, one 